I have hit record. Okay. I've, I have also hit record. Okay. We're going to do a clap. You ready? Clap. Yes. All right. <laughs> Did you say clop again? We're doing, still doing the clop thing. Clop. Yes. Oh, my God. All right. One, Lasha. two. Sorry. <laughs> One, two, three. All right. Uh, do, can we do it again? God I, damn it. I gay clapped. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. You cannot keep blaming your inability to clap on your gayness. Yes, I can. It's you can disab- clap cheeks just fine. Uh, that don't show up. Well, I don't want to try that. It would that. totally show up on the microphone. Yeah, it would. <laughs> okay, anyway, here we go. Along with the squishy noises. Okay, what? For fuck's sake. Are we ready? Yes. <laughs> One, two, three... So let me see. Ant Man, <laughs> Quantumania. Oh, yeah. Today. Did you see it? You didn't see it. No. Okay. Uh, but uh, Bye. Ten, uh, it's been out for, I think, 10 hours, 11 hours, technically, around here. Uh huh. I already know everything that's in the fucking movie. Do you know why I know everything that's in the fucking movie? Because you glanced at Twitter for two seconds? Uh, not even not even two seconds. It was like, and it wasn't Twitter, actually. It was like, TikTok. I'm going to check how our podcast is doing with the engagements. Oh, shit. There is my, there is one of my besties uh, uh, spoiling <laughs> the whole fucking thing for me, and it wasn't even like spoiler alert. It was just like bam, right there. So yeah, no, people are fucking. I I fucking hate it. I hate the spoilers. I hate the clout chasing culture of being the of being able to brag that you totally already saw the movie. So here's everything I know about it. I'm going to ruin the experience for everyone else. Just be fucking cuz. I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. And it's not just, like, it's everything. It's popular shows that are out. I cannot tell you how many of our mutuals on Twitter are muted right now. Y'all, if you can hear the sound of my voice and I haven't interacted with a lot of your content on social media, it's because you spoiled something and I muted your ass. Yeah. So. Like, I love y'all. And I understand some of y'all get invited to premieres and I'm so jealous about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Uh, but the consequence of that is, uh, I like you a little bit less each time you are a clout fucker and it drives me nuts. Yeah, no, I literally think less of people every time I see them do it, which is another reason I've muted them because these are people I kind of like, you know, I'm friends with and so I don't, you know, I'm internet friends with, but I don't want to have my opinion of them eroded by this behavior because it's really not it's not harmful it just like they're not kicking puppies down the street or anything um but what they are doing is ruining my ability to enjoy the media that we both love and and they don't care is the thing the lack of remorse the lack of self-awareness is um awesome i love it yeah yeah. There are ways, there are ways, particularly on Twitter, that you can post about it and not spoil it. Like, if you've got a long thought that you want to type out about something, type it out in your notes app, screenshot that, post it as a picture, an image attached to your tweet, and then content warning blur that image. 
Yep. And then you can, your tweet can be like, Hey, spoilers, uh, spoilerific thoughts on such and such in the image. Click at your own risk. Boom. I have been able to scroll past your tweet without getting spoiled. Voila. And I'm still impressed that you have the information. See, I still know. I still know you went to the premiere. I still know that you got advanced screeners of something. I still know that you're cooler than me and have better access to these things than I do and aren't disabled and you're able to sit in a room full of people just breathing their germs everywhere. I get it. I'm still impressed. I still kind of hate you a little. (laughs) But I haven't been spoiled. And if you're hearing this and you realize that I'm not interacting with your stuff, so I probably muted you, please go ahead, even though I'm not going to see it because I muted you, go ahead and improve your behavior on this front. Yeah. That's fine. Eventually, maybe I'll go back and review and let people out of mute jail, but I doubt it. Because I'll forget. <laughs> anyway, I'm here for further journey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, is this just, wait, hold on. I'm starting to identify a pattern <laughs> in mm-hmm. our interactions. You say two sentences and I'm like, oh, I have an impromptu rant all queued up for that. And then, and then I take five minutes to say what you said in 10 seconds. I'm now very self-conscious. Uh, y'all, I have just been thrown into a minefield, all right? So, <laughs> so do I agree with Stephanie? If so, how dare I? This is the worst page in the Choose Your Own Adventure book right yeah, this here. Is, this is it. This is the part where all paths lead to death except one, but you don't know which one that is. Uh, do I agree with her? Uh, do I Some say, no, Stephanie, of course right not. Here. People... People, people love listening to you talk about the same thing for twenty minutes nonstop. Uh, like, what do I, what do I go? And there is no good Look, answer. I have no evidence in, in between our two podcasts that people don't fucking love listening to me go off. So, yeah, that's that's the show. That's yeah. <laughs> Stephanie it. pops off a show. Um, which is probably going to also be this episode too. Yeah, so. look, I have opinions. Um, so also, also. Um, Uh-oh. Oh, I just lost my train of thought. Shit. Ooh, I derailed not, you. That's not a good sign. <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for the continuity of this podcast episode, that is not a good sign. What's up, Brain Fog? Um, what were you saying? Uh, oh, God, I almost had it back. What no, you, it's gone. What are you doing with your face? I was, I don't know, fidgeting with my cord. Sometimes uh, the cord mustache helps me think. Fuck off. Yeah, if y'all would like to see Stephanie's cord mustache, you can go to patreon.com forward slash divas podcast. Five bucks a month. We got unedited video versions of our podcast where you can see us doing very embarrassing shit on camera. Yeah, well, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. That memory bubble of what I was going to say will pop later. There it is. Okay, so about being self-conscious. Oh. Um, so I would be self-conscious about the ranting. However, I don't, I think it was in Dark Side Divas. I was talking about how I was self-conscious about, uh, I, I noticed myself saying anyway a lot as yeah. my conversational transition word. And then it became really, really obvious to me as I was talking and I got increasingly self-conscious about it as we went along. Uh, and then, so of course that's all in the episode. And I was still very self-conscious about how often I go anyway to segue into the next segment right. of my notes. But then somebody, a man on the internet offered me unsolicited advice for how to train myself to not say anyway anymore. And I bet you accepted that feedback with, uh, open arms and open mind and I'm always open to 
correction from random men on the internet. So now, um, thank you, unintended side effect of your unsolicited advice for how I can control myself better. Um, I am no longer self-conscious about saying anyway. I love anyway. I'm going to say it all the time. I'm going to sprinkle that shit like salt and pepper all over my conversation. Okay? So how do you feel about it? I can't tell. Anyway, so we want to like <laughs> intro a show today? Let's do it. All right. <clears throat> hey, everybody. Welcome back to Marvelous Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Marvel and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show. Anyway. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, hey, everybody. I am Chris. I am that homo white in my keyhole sexual. <laughs> Stephanie was legit drinking right in the middle of that. And I was like, oh, shit, she's going to die. <laughs> what? That's what they say in the movie. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> Go on. Oh, and uh, Stephanie, have oh. you seen that before in a gift shop? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> thank you for making this movie more entertaining than it is. All right. Wow. So. We should put a warning on this podcast. Uh, yeah, okay, let's... All right, all right. So what... Yeah. Do we want to get into the what we're doing? Do you have anything you want to talk about before we get into why we're here? I do have a review I want to read really quick, because I don't okay, remember do if that. I read it last time. Do it. Okay. Uh, Kim DC 86 wrote... Hi, Kim. Love, love, love. I don't, oh. I, I'm just pronouncing it like that, because that's what they put. I was searching for a Marvel recap podcast, and this exceeded all my expectations. Funny, interesting, nice. and so much fun. Love y'all. That's it. Oh, thank you. We love you back. Oh, uh, I have another review. Oh, shit. <laughs> another one-star review. Are you shitting me? Really? <laughs> uh, this one got a uh, flag for uh, inappropriateness, so... Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, in in which system do our reviews get flagged for being inappropriate? Uh, Apple. Uh, nice, you, but you still are, see it. Uh, no, unfortunately, I have to. Let, I had to screenshot it before it got deleted. Um, okay. User six two two one five says, uh, "Who would want to listen to a bitchy woman and a f slur all day?" <laughs> <laughs> I oh, I've listened to over uh, thirteen of your podcasts, and they're all boring. Oh. <laughs> thank you well, so much for that feedback well generic username i think you should go back and listen to 13 more just to be that's sure. a lot of that's a lot of commitment i mean Seriously, i'm not even that that's that's easily 26 30 hours yeah 13 of our episodes um that's a long time <laughs> to hate something that is um but you know what carry on yeah Thanks if for the engagement, uh, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, every time you listen to one of our episodes, that boosts our everything. So I, I don't it. appreciate the uh, F slur, though. No, no. Yeah. You keep that bullshit to yourself, motherfucker. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I hate it when I'm with some guy who's talking dirty and he uses that word. I don't know why. I just, it doesn't, first of all, I am six foot three. Very rarely is someone going to intimidate me and over power me mm-hmm. and i get that's kind of like a term that you use to be like you're such a dirty boy you little f slur you know right but i hate it and no, yeah absolutely yeah and no i'm the dom always whether i top or bottom i am stronger than you i'm bigger than you and i'm better than you 
<laughs> and I'm good enough and I'm smart enough. Um, no, I feel the same way about uh, about the C word. About cunt. The, I don't oh, know. The, I'm like, why, you can say it. I know, but I just, I I really don't like that word. And if I, if you hear me using that word, it's because whoever I'm talking about fucking deserves it. Um, Yeah, I've never heard you use that word. uh, I used it yesterday when I was telling you that, that off the record story. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Because that, that cunt deserves it. But, But. do not like I love I love the dirty talk and I can get into a little degradation. That's not a problem for me. But that word is uh, that turns off everything. Like that's that's a no. And mm-hmm. if you can't read me like and we we will talk about it beforehand if we're going to clearly communicate uh, about about the sexy times and like, hey, do you want to get into a little dirty talk and stuff? I'll be like, yes. But if you say this particular word, everything turns off, things go soft and we're done here. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So don't don't say this and don't say that. Like you got to commu- clearly communicate about trigger words. But I would think that the F slur is a given. I like, no, not in, not in the community. That's all. I also don't like it when people kick it off with the dirty talk. You know, no, we gotta. Yeah, you can't just start with that. That's gotta be warmed up too. For one thing, for one thing, um, if I'm not already in that headspace, you're just funny. like right yeah yeah because most people aren't that good at it and right and and, it sounds fucking ridiculous like it just it just does like you have to already be like primed and your brain's already got to be flooded with the sexy time hormones before that's not hilarious yeah 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 and nothing shrivels up the fun bits faster than laughing at a man that's exactly it and you know like the other night a guy was like oh i want you to right now and it's like dude i just stuck it in i need like 45 more minutes <laughs> you need to get comfortable yeah <laughs> we're gonna be here a while <laughs> you know what people can want what they want but yeah, you're not right. gonna get anything <laughs> what was that what I, it wasn't me yeah yeah it was what did it was do? a woman's voice from your side did your google pick that up oh my god google did did google pick up i think she did uh, Google, I'm sorry. I think she's really mad now. She's not even She's not on. speaking to you. Yeah. Wow. I just sexually Mad. harassed my AI. You did. <laughs> well this, done. This okay, is how okay. Skynet starts. <laughs> Can we get back on track? Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to talk about the movie. I mean, what? We're what? trying, we're really trying to like streamline these episodes so they don't become like feature film length epics. Um, so for the sake of my sanity, let's be clear. This is not because we don't have two and a half hours in us to talk about fucking everything it's because i have to edit this i know i know and it's really i'm telling the listeners i know you know i i want our listeners to know i am sympathetic towards your pain you're just really bad at expressing that that's all (laughs) (laughs) uh being friends with me is a delight okay um So let's move on, shall we? Yep, let's do it. (laughs) All right. So what we're doing on this podcast is uh, we are watching through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order, which means that we started with episode one. Episode one? Nope, that's Star Wars. Uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. That's what I was trying to say. Yep. Uh, Guys, we have a Star Wars podcast, too, and sometimes the lines blur and stuff. Shut up. Anyway, we started with Captain America, the first Avenger, and we find ourselves today, after tripping through the tulips of time, uh, forward through the timeline, we find ourselves today talking about Doctor Strange. 
Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. We sure are. Uh, I have an intro, then we can t- get get right into it. Uh, we should probably do a disclaimer and an apology first as well. Do you want to do that before the intro or after? I feel like the apology should come after, because I, I feel like on. my intro sets it up perfectly. All <laughs> right, get it. Meanwhile, in New York, a talented and privileged man treats everyone like shit and has zero g- regard for anyone but himself. Who are they? <laughs> a TikTok content creator? And why do I care? Guess what? I don't. Excelsior! <laughs> uh, Excelsior. <clears throat> so, <laughs> here's the thing, y'all. Uh, we had looked at the list of movies that we had coming ahead of us a while back, and we were like, oh my god, we like all of them. We forgot about this one. Yeah. We forgot about Doctor Strange. Because, uh, honestly, I haven't watched this movie since I saw it in the theaters. Uh, same, same. It just doesn't have, like, a really high rewatch value for me. Yeah. So, eh. Um, and I kind of, you know, it's been years. This movie came out in 2016. So I kind of forgotten how I felt about the movie and uh, and everything. But here it is. It's all come raging back. We don't love this movie. We love parts of it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree do. with that. Yeah. There are parts of it that are fucking beautiful. There are certain performances in it that are really cool. Um, but it's, you know... Not our favorite. And if you love this movie, if this is your comfort movie, uh, apologies in advance. We are going to have unkind things to say about parts of this movie and about the hero of this movie specifically. Uh, so if you absolutely love Doctor Strange and you don't want to listen to us trash talk this character for the next couple hours, go ahead and skip skip ahead to the ad that's going to be about halfway through the podcast episode. <laughs> What? Listen, listen to the Manscaped ad. Then that's going to be about at the one hour mark. Uh, then you can skip this, this whole episode if you want to. And next week as well. But again, listen to the Manscaped ad for us, please. Thanks. <laughs> what? No, mm. no, that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're just trying to make a business out of this thing. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I know. I know. I know. Okay. <sighs> so <clears throat> Dr. Strange, let's get into the behind the scenes real quick. Okay. Uh, the director for this movie is Scott Derrickson. Who? Exactly. Um, oh, Scott wow. Derrickson. Scott Derrickson mostly directs horror. Uh, he's definitely directed shit you've heard of. Uh, he directed Hellraiser Inferno, Sinister, Deliver Us from Evil, Shadow Prowler, The Black Phone, and The Exorcism of Emily Rose, a film which still haunts me to this day. Oh, yeah. that 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 was at the... End of my uh, ability to watch horror movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to say that movie ushered me out of wanting to ever watch horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> the moment where she's like, where the she and the guy fall asleep like in her dorm room, and then he wakes up in the middle of the night, and she's all contorted in the middle of the floor and staring at him. Uh-uh. Nope. 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 nope so nope. good job, Scott Derrickson. I guess you do that well. Okay. The writing team for this film is Scott Derrickson. Okay. And uh, a guy who clearly is the writer who works with Scott Derrickson named C. Robert Cargill. Uh, he's written Sinister, Sinister 2, Shadow Prowler, and Black Phone. Ah, uh, excellent. So all upbeat, <laughs> upbeat, warm movies. That fun for the yeah. whole family. There's another writer. Uh, and he doesn't have an overlapping resume, which makes me think he may have been writing, been involved in the early stages of the writing. Then the director and his pet writer came on. Wow. Okay. That's that's the feel that's 
I've done enough of these now that I'm starting to see trends, you know? And that's what this feels like. Anyway, so John Spates is the other writer. He has written some really cool shit. Uh, written for some really cool shit. He isn't the only one. Anyway, whatever. Uh, he, he wrote for Dune. Yo. Dune 2. And he is currently in pre-production for Justice League Dark, which is a film that is rumored to be a new DC film featuring John Constantine. I'll come in again. John Constantine, Swamp Thing, Dead Man Zatanna, and Etrigan the Demon, which if you're a DC nerd, that's really exciting. If you're Chris, you're eh. staring blankly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know um, her. John Spates has also written some some projects that make me side eye at him pretty hard, uh, like oh. Prometheus. Prometheus. Uh, I like the art direction. That's it was it. visually beautiful. Yeah, every word spoken, every plot device that happened, every exploitation of a woman's body by aliens that occurred. I blame John Spates. Wow. Okay. Fair no, enough, I fair hate enough. I hate Prometheus. Also, Passengers. Do you remember Passengers? Uh, I hate that movie too. Yeah, the the Chris Pratt Jennifer Lawrence one where he like they're on a fucking long distance space travel. He gets woken up ninety years early. Can't take the idea of living alone, so he picks a pretty girl from all the cryopods, wakes her up, doesn't tell her, lies to her about it. Uh, so what you're saying is you don't like that movie? I think it's. It's very much a woman written by a man. Yep. And that, and I mean that as insultingly as possible. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do you have any behind-the-scenes production notes on this film? Uh, let's talk about the composer. Uh, yes. Michael Giacchino. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. He's one of the most prolific composers of our time. Um, I like him. He's okay. He's done, <clears throat> he's done some hits uh, up. He won an Oscar for Aww. Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, mm-hmm. uh, the Star Trek reboot, every single one, Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, Spider-Man Away From Home, Spider-Man Needs to Go Home, I Don't Fit <laughs> With, what is with the, we'll talk about that later, I guess, uh, Coco, uh, Book of Henry, obviously Doctor Strange, and yeah, he's uh, pretty much every Pixar movie for the last eight movies, uh, he has won several Oscars, several Emmys. Uh, he's apparently working on a uh, musical so he can get an EGOT because that's his end goal, mm-hmm. and I can't blame him for that. Uh, right. But yeah, he he got his uh, he got his start though. This is interesting. He did the co- uh, the composition for the Gargoyles video game in 1995. Was this a video game that was based on the Gargoyles cartoon? Yes. The the gateway drug to my monster fuckery. That show. That show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> the Gargoyle Show. That was really good. Uh, he got his big, his official big break being the main composer for the show Lost. And that began mm. his relationship with J.J. Abrams. Mm. Remember that piece of shit show? Uh, well, my husband keeps trying to convince me to start watching Lost. Uh, I- and I said, no. Because I already know the ending is unsatisfying. I've never watched a single episode of Lost, but I really? know because of the internet that the ending is really unsatisfying because J.J. Abrams doesn't know how to stick a landing. And no. um, no, I have no interest in watching Lost. I'm sorry. Uh, I remember reading an interview from one of the writers when they were asked, so do you have, do you have the end already in mind, written out, ready to go? And they were like, no, we never considered it. Yeah. No. <laughs> Which is why there's actually multiple endings for that show. Because they tried... I think that was a show where they tried ending it a season earlier, but the end sucks so much, they extended it one more season. 
I don't know. And then, and then it was just, all a dream, or it was one of those like it never happened. Bullshit. It was, it was like it was like the ending of Dallas, where you find out that it's all just <laughs> this all just happened inside a snow globe. What you don't remember that? You know there was a fucking there was. I'm a show. rewatching okay. the show right now, and you spoiled it for me. Thank you, Heather. You're rewatching I'm, Dallas? No, I'm just kidding. I was about to fucking say, no, you're not. You're, it- you're not. You're not watching. You're, <laughs> you're not, not watching eighties dramas. Shut the fuck up. Who shot Jr.? I don't know. Decades later, I'm so confused. I still don't know who shot Jr. Nobody knows. <laughs> it all happened in a snow globe. It doesn't matter. You know what? I when I think of that, I think of Citizen Kane for some reason. Rose. Rosebud. Anyway. Okay. We're trying to stay focused. We're trying not we're trying, to talk about the We're movies, trying to keep this shit under two hours. Okay. So we get into the movie. And you know what? The intro scene for this movie, I'm angry with it. Wow. Because it convinced me that this whole movie was going to be like crazy, sexy, cool magic times. Oh my God. Look at the awesomeness. And then it was, a, it was like a sharp turn after this into an extended episode of, of House MD. So I didn't appreciate that <laughs> whiplash at all. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So we uh, open, we've got a scene with like some wind chimes at a temple at night. There are people in hooded robes. They're walking into the temple where there's a dude who's chaining up the books. Okay. Um, oh, no. Everybody has magical glowy whips. They string up the book dude over a bowl. That seems ominous to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a bunch of people and they're all super aggro. And a guy comes in. He's got a hood on. He throws it back. It's Mads Michelson with a ponytail. Uh-huh. And you know what? I'm not a fan of ponytails, but it works, it works, on it him. works for him. But it works on him. It's not fair because it's Mads Michelson, right? Like, right. He could wear a fucking trash bag on his head, and I'm still mm-hmm. going to be like, ooh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about him as soon as we're done with this little scene, okay? Um, because his first act in this movie is to cut a man's head off and drop it in a bowl. So Yay. that's <laughs> No blood, though. Thuds into the bowl. Yeah, weirdly, there's no blood. And I think that's just because it's the MCU. Um, then he unchains a book, flips it open, finds the pages he's looking for, rips that out. And then there's a voice from somewhere else in this chained up book room. Master Caecilius, that ritual will bring you only sorrow. Where were you five minutes ago for book guy? Right? Like, somebody's head could not be in a bowl right now. Where the fuck were you? And as we learn more about this mysterious hooded figure uh, and what powers and forces they are able to control, it's really suspicious that they were not there five minutes earlier. Right, right. Because time is a thing in this movie. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, should I talk about Cassilius real quick? Because his name got mentioned. Um, let's get to the end of this scene. Okay, let's do that. Uh, because we're also need to talk about Mads Michelson. I just want to get through this. Um, so rather than engage with mysterious hooded person, they fucking run. And they go through like a weird portal thing. And they were in a temple at night. Now they're out on the street in daylight. Good for them. They are running and suddenly they run into like a crazy cracked mirror wall right in front of them. It's the mysterious hooded person. Um, did Mads Michelson is like, you're a hypocrite. And they go into like a full MC Escher fight scene. It's very confusing. <laughs> like if you're not emotionally prepared for how this is going to move it's very overwhelming you're like whoa they're all sideways and stuff and like the walls are rolling and is it made out of gears i don't know like is everybody dead is this inception what's happening that was how i felt about this scene so it's okay so this movie comes out in 2016 16 right yeah. 
And I got super excited because I'm like, finally, Marvel is going to drop their balls and do something super cool with magic. Right. Because that's been the main thing that they've kind of like danced around with at this point. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they've been so hesitant to include like magic in yeah, Marvel. Like, like, like Thor was magic, but was it really or is it a technology? Right, we'll right. never know. Yeah. And then I see fucking Kung Fu. Yeah. Why? Why not? Just cast spells. Just do what, magic. What? Okay. Why don't you appreciate, like, what? what is your problem with martial arts being integrated into the magic? I love martial arts. I wanted to see some fucking fireballs, some magic missiles, some like lightning bolts. I wanted to see okay. the, I wanted to see the shit I've seen in a Doctor Strange comic book because I've uh-huh. had friends unfortunately force me to read Doctor Strange comic books. But I mean as this movie progresses we get into more of that. Oh sure. Um, and uh I feel like that's a very eurocentric view of what magic looks like. Oh, it, absolutely. Because but- this magic this magic that we're seeing in the scene is very eastern. Oh, yeah. Well, look, look, we have played a tabletop game called Mage the Ascension. Right. And there are like uh, uh, Asian inspired types of Mm -hmm. magic. I'm very familiar with that. Um, But we've gotten Kung Fu in Marvel already for like a lot. And and, have we? Where? Well, different types of martial arts, I would say, Mm -hmm. not just not Kung Fu specifically. uh, But we've had a lot of fighty fighty in, Mm -hmm. in Marvel already. I was looking for Marvel to take the extra step and go, this is what magic's like. We're going to have our own unique take on it. And yeah, it is Eurocentric, but uh, that is like the Doctor Strange like feel in the comic books. There's like mm-hmm. lightning bolts, there's energy blasts, there's that whole thing coming out but of that like... will come later in the movie. Absolutely. But when I okay. see this... But I, but when I see this in 2016 for the first time, I'm like, oh, okay. man, they're not going to go for it. They're just not going to... They're, they're still going to... They're gonna, They're not going to go all the way. So this this like five minute scene at the beginning, you were you were disappointed. Yeah, I love with- the I love the realm. I love the moving pieces. Mm-hmm. I love that whole stuff. But it like I was immediately disappointed. I guess is what I was saying. All right, what I'm trying to say. Um, That's my opinion. I fucking I fucking loved it. Um, mm-hmm. That was just it, I, I felt like because it's. It seemed to flow correctly to me. Like there's, there's a lot, and maybe it's just because I've been training in kung fu for fucking years now. Sure, but uh, no, there's a lot of energy direction. Like the one inch punch is a real thing that a that a real human can do. I'm not quite there yet, but a real human can do that. Um, like there's there's a lot of energy control and direction and stuff that comes with martial arts, and so it just made sense to me that there was a logical extension of that becoming like like energy that comes out of your hands and these crazy spinny fan things that they use to slice each other up and these light whips. And, um, and then if you can accept that, then you can accept that we are now turning the world into an NC Escher drawing that is trying <laughs> to devour you. Like it's a whole thing. Right, um, right. So I, I loved it. Okay, um, cool. But I can see how, if you were expecting like, you know, fucking, I wasn't expecting, shit. I was wanting, you know, there's a difference. Cause like at this point I'm just like, you know, Marvel's been, Marvel's been doing okay up to this mm-hmm. point. And they've been getting more, uh, more and more fearless with with their storytelling and their presentation. I was hoping this was gonna movie, this was gonna be the movie that was gonna really kick it off. It wasn't for me. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, that came later. I, I but I, I feel like I'm trying to think of the first Marvel movie that really. I mean, was was for me it was Ragnarok. I guess that where they were just like, "Fuck it, we're gonna do whatever we want." At this point. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, anyway, that's it. 
Okay, real quick, I need to pull something up and see if I've got it. There it is. Um, and so when you, you mentioned that, you mentioned Ragnarok is the first time that they really like let it go. Um, the release order changes. Like my, our impression, my impressions of this, um, of this is all, is all affected, uh, is different from, bleh, what am I trying to say? So I had a different impression of this movie because of release order. When mm-hmm. I watched it the first time, then I do now because of chronological order. Oh, like the uh, chronological order is a big thing. Ragnarok did come after this, mm-hmm. um, but there was a lot of distance in between. Like because in release order, Doctor Strange is the second in the Phase Three. Oh, really? It was Captain America: Civil War, then Doctor Strange, then Guardians Two, then Spider Man: Homecoming, then Thor: Ragnarok, then Black Panther. Good lord. Yeah. And I really feel like, and we will get into it. I really feel like, you know, Feige was like looking at the slate of phase three movies and knowing what the scripts were and knowing what the stories were and these characters, he was like, "Mm, we need to put as much distance as possible between Doctor Strange and Black Panther. Huh? Like so much distance because they're so, um, it's such whiplash. Because we've just done this in chronological order. We just watched Black Panther and now we're watching Doctor Strange. And there's so much white privilege in this movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. And yeah. just and just like swaggering white man nonsense. And I'm not saying that <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that as like, ugh, you know, it's it's not a slur thing. There is uh, a certain level of of privilege and don't give a fuckery that comes with moving through this world as a Caucasian man. And uh, that is on full display in this movie. Yeah. And so to have this right after Black Panther, which was just full to brimming with uh, with the black experience and the black story and black excellence and um, and the lovely nuanced uh, experience and benevolence and nobility of characters like T'Challa and Queen Ramonda and and all of that. Um, with the complexity of characters like Eric Killmonger and having all of that right before this is very jarring and definitely colored my impression of the movie on this watch. Though. Absolutely. And that's, a, and, and again, that's a good movie that proves my point. That movie was not afraid. That movie went all the fucking way with its crazy, right. weird science shit. Like it, it, that, in my opinion, had more magic to it than the movie that's supposed to have a lot of magic in it. But sure, he would tell you that's not magic. It's just technology. Sure, girl. We'll talk in Wakanda forever. <laughs> we'll see okay, you okay, talking okay. the best in that movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. Okay, okay, okay. So, getting back into the scene. Yes. Um, uh, they have a big magic fight. Uh, Cassilius gets away with some of his minions. The rest of them have been taken out by the mysterious hooded person. The mysterious hooded person drops back out of this weird M.C. Escher world into the real world, which has no idea. Nobody on this city street seems to have any idea that anything happened. The only thing they notice is that uh, this person drops the hood and uh, they're bald. And that is eye-catching. Okay, cool. Yay, bald. Bald rights. Hashtag bald, bald lives matter. Is that a thing? Okay. No. Um, <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> so let's talk about the the actor playing Caecilius. Okay. Because he makes me happy. He makes me moist. So that is Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, he is a Danish actor born in Copenhagen. Good for mm-hmm. him. Um, let's be clear. He is one of the biggest actors in Denmark. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh. Period. Oh, oh yeah. Period. So he's not like just breaking into the American film scene and like getting into stuff and like he's and it's not like he's like making good. No, he's just conquering another continent. That's all this is. 
Like he's, oh, I fucking love him. Okay. I first saw him uh, in Casino Royale. Yep. Uh, the the first uh, Daniel Craig, James Bond movie. He was the villain. He was Le Chiffre. And I know him best as Dr. Hannibal Lecter in the Hannibal series. Girl, that that show did things to me. Like it. Yeah. That shattered my sexual spectrum. It's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very good. Um, don't watch it while you're eating because. Nope. Because it's beautifully, almost pornographically shot cooking sequences. And you're like, God, that looks delicious. And then you realize that he's, that's a human leg. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, oh. Anyway, uh, Mads Michelson is also in King Arthur, the movie I keep telling you you need to watch. It's very good. Uh, Valhalla Rising, which is excellent and not for the faint of heart. Oh. Okay. Yeah. It is Viking, Viking, Viking. You Madness. have a theme with Vikings, don't you? Yes. Have we met? <laughs> I know anyway, you do. I know you he do. is also in Clash of the Titans, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and the upcoming Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But bitch, there's one more thing he was in. Me? I'm going to show you a picture. I'm going to send it to you. Okay. Because... Mads Michelson is also in the music video for Rihanna's Bitch Better Have My Money. Fuck yeah. You see that picture? Let me see. Oh my. Rihanna is yeah. a fucking genius. Yeah, uh, he's the bitch that has the money. <laughs> <laughs> and he's tied down to a chair looking angry and pissed and they have his shirt open showing his uh-huh. chest. Uh-huh. The my rest of that God. shot... The rest of that shot, if the camera pans left a little bit, is Rihanna in um, a mostly transparent mini dress holding a knife. <laughs> okay, so. Bitch better have yes. my money. Uh-huh. Sorry. Don't don't call her on her bluff. No. Pay pay her what you owe her. <laughs> <laughs> or she will Mads Michelson you. <laughs> so, um, anyway, can you tell us anything about Caecilius? Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Let me, uh, let me, uh, try to yeah. close this, uh, window. I'm just all... get away. Get away. The picture is there in the chat for you to view at your, just go find the music video, particularly the explicit I've never, video. I've never seen the video. I'm so ashamed of myself. It's um, like a seven minute film. It's worth your time. Anyway. Uh, apparently. Uh, yeah. Caecilius. So, uh, Caecilius is a fictional supervillain appearing in American comic books. He made his debut in Strange Tales, volume one, number 130, March, 1965. He was one of the original Doctor Strange villains uh, in mm-hmm. the comic books. He is a disciple of Baron Mordo. Uh, oh. They uh, kidnapped Doctor Strange at some point, and they were trying to get to the Ancient One, a uh, an ancient the sor- the Sorcerer Supreme at this point, mm-hmm. um, a master. Uh, well, actually, I'll talk about that part later. Anyway, um, and uh, Mordo was also obsessed with consuming the powers of Dormammu, who we will Ooh. talk about later too. So that's nice. that. That's that. Okay, that's that on that. Um, and we won't talk about anybody else because the minions are minions. They're disposable and the hooded person has not been fully revealed to us yet. Yes. Um, so you want some whiplash? Here's some whiplash. We are in an operation room. There's doctors and surgery clearly on someone's brain uh, with Shining Star by Earth, Wind and Fire playing. Yay. And look, if nothing else, the soundtrack to this movie is funky fresh, dressed to impress, and ready to party. So, <laughs> I do like that. Uh, any any movie that's going to include Beyonce in the soundtrack, I'm, yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So this whole sequence, um, I don't love and uh, will not be dwelling on it. Look, what it does is it establishes the character of Dr. Stephen Strange. Um, and it establishes that I don't like him. Right. And that's a weird way to introduce your protagonist. There was the... Uh- there was nothing likable about him whatsoever. Exactly. And that's the fatal flaw of this movie because I do not care. It's like. Because I don't care if he gets his fucking hands back. I don't. I really I don't. don't care. Yeah. We'll get into it. Okay. So um, he's clearly like we, we watched through all of this. He is clearly an extremely talented neurosurgeon. Um, and he fucking knows it. He is not just confident, he is extraordinarily arrogant and treats everyone around him like shit, unless they're a subordinate to him, and then he just treats them a little less like shit, I guess. He's got that one assistant who's like playing the music for his fucking music trivia in the middle of brain surgery. Um, we do, so we meet him, uh, who is played by Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, that is, Stephen Strange. And here's the thing. Benedict Cumberbatch is infinitely likable. I love him. He's an excellent... He's just... He's very charming in interviews by all all, all evidence. Uh, he's a really just a great person. Just, just a good guy. Um, so real quick about Benedict Cumberbatch. He's born and raised in London, England. I know that's very shocking considering his name is Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, <laughs> you know what I keep... A, th- I'm sorry to interrupt you. You know what I keep thinking of? Huh. That Eddie Izzard routine where he's like, how did they come up with Eagleberg Humpeldink? <laughs> yep. Hipty Bert slept it back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Benedict Frosty Buns. Yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway, exactly. sorry. Exactly. Sorry. Um, so Benedict Cumberbatch is a prolific actor of stage, film, and TV. He has 87 credits in IMDb and eight projects upcoming. At least. No, that that's what's listed right now. He has eight projects upcoming. Like, he's working they're on eight different stages. movies right now. They're all in different stages of production right now. Yeah. I want to be him when I grow up. So highlights of his... You're not a good enough person. I'm sorry. No, you can't not, be him when I'm you not. grow up. Yeah. Highlights highlights of his resume. He's in Atonement, where he was a rapist. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> he is Sherlock in the BBC Sherlock show, which was the first place I really noticed him. Yeah, me too. Um, and Sherlock... Here's the thing. Benedict Cumberbatch is 100% capable of playing an extraordinarily arrogant asshole because he played Sherlock. Right. But Sherlock is more sympathetic than Stephen Strange by a million miles. Oh, my God. I don't don't know if it's because we got to spend more time with him or because he had had Martin Freeman there as his sexy little sidekick uh, to, to humanize him some more or what. But he is capable of playing an arrogant asshole who is also likable and has a soft gooey center that makes you want to love him. Well, that's how that's how Doctor Strange is presented later in this in the Marvel story. Like not this movie, but like in like later, like in other movies. Mm, I don't know that I ever actually like him. I well, we'll talk about it when we get to Infinity okay. War. There's a particular line I fucking love. So anyway. Like it's like I Later on, like when we get into the whole Infinity War thing, I respect him and I trust him to do his job. I like him. Right. I enjoy inflicting him on Tony Stark. (laughs) That's it. That's the that's the that's the one. There you go. Anyway, he was also in Zoolander 2, 12 Years a Slave, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. And he does a lot of voice work. He is the voice of Smog in the Hobbit movies. He's the voice of the Grinch. He's the voice of Shere Khan. Benedict Cumberbatch's voice? Mm. My God. I, I once heard it described as 
A panther growling from the depths of a brandy-soaked cello. Wow. And yes, that's accurate. <laughs> his, his voice is amazeballs. I love it. And, uh, I really, and I really liked Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't like this character. Let's talk about why. Or do you want to talk about Stephen Strange before we get into that? Let's talk about Doctor Strange real quick. Doctor Strange. Uh, okay. I, I found the funniest quote ever. So uh, okay. Doctor Strange was originally created in, 19, in the 1960s. Um, Stan Lee described the character as having been originally the idea of Steve Ditko. Okay. Uh, and, uh, he wrote... On my own, I brought in a brought into Lee a five page pencil story with a page panel script of my idea of a new, different kind of character in Marvel Comics. My character, my character wound up being named Doctor Strange because he would appear in the Strange Tales series. Uh, uh, oh. uh, uh, but truth be told, Stanley wasn't particularly excited by the character. Huh. It was only later uh, he loved him. So there you go. I mean. Look, Stan Lee has created so many different Marvel characters. Right. He's going to have favorites. Right. And Doctor Strange and, is not and one so of them. So that means that somebody has to be not the favorite. So right, I guess right, that's right. Where, that's where Strange falls. Um, here's the thing. Okay, so he's, as we watch through the sequence, he's brilliant. He's an asshole. Um, a, a lovely other doctor comes in. Her name is Dr. Uh, I wrote Dr. Rachel McAdams. That's not her name. Dr. Christine Palmer, um, played by Rachel McAdams. We'll get to her in a second. Calls him in to, con- to consult on somebody because she works in the ER and he saves the guy's life and is really condescending to another doctor who was going to like call the guy dead and start harvesting his organs when he wasn't dead yet. It's a whole thing. Um, he's an enormous dick about it, about saving this guy's life. And he's an enormous dick to this ER doctor about the fact that she works in the ER and all she does is save one life at a time. But all of his very big, important neurosurgery work will save thousands of lives in the long run. So he's more important than her. And I'm not exaggerating. That's what he says. That's exactly what he says. Yeah. Look, I'm fusing transected spinal cords. I'm stimulating neurogenesis in the central nervous system. Work I'm doing is going to save thousands for years to come. In ER, you get to save one drunk idiot with a gun yeah you're right in er we're only saving lives like i'm not inferring that's what he tells her (laughs) okay to her face and she's so sweet she's very forgiving of it um but the reason she is i read this as uh she's sweet because she's a good person and she actually has a deep well of compassion in her that's why she works in the er but her whole attitude towards him is the attitude you have towards an ex you don't really care about anymore. Like who you're so far beyond the breakup that they can't, nothing, none of their stupid bothers you anymore. You're like, okay. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's the vibe I got off of her before we even found out that, yeah, they used to date. Because he tries to ask her out to like a thing, like a function uh, where he's going to be speaking. And she's like, those are all about you. And he's like, not only about me. Steven, everything is about you. Mm-hmm. And that's because everything's about him. This is our introduction to our protagonist, okay? He's just a dick. He's very talented, but he's an asshole, and he treats everyone around him like shit. Awesome. Okay. You know, and this is shocking, considering the people that creates the movie uh, are horror uh, movie people, and a key function of a horror movie is that you have to care a little bit about the characters, because you want to be as horrified as possible when they die. 
<laughs> and I guess the thing that we're supposed to sympathize with as his story goes on is that how can this brilliant man so full of confidence and swagger who could uh, save thousands of lives, how could he possibly have have had such a loss in his life. Surely we are going to root for him because of his long-term benefit to humanity with his brilliance. No, I don't care about that. He's fictional. Yeah. Also, uh, he may have saved some lives. He's also probably not helped a lot of people. In fact, they yeah. show that during the movie too. He yeah. only picks the, the procedures that are worth it to him. So there, right. that implies there are people that could have used his help, that could have had their lives saved. He didn't want to work on them because he didn't want to look bad. He didn't want to risk failing. He didn't want it to hurt his reputation. So, so I cannot stand this character and thus yeah. ruins the whole movie for me because and I like, just don't, I don't give a fuck. It's so clearly written for him. Like, it seems to me like they're writing him to be unlikable and like there's going to be like they're, they're working towards a redemption arc to make him like your hero by the end. And we'll see. Again, I have not watched this in years and I've only watched up to like the first hour where we cut it off for the, for our discussion in this podcast. I haven't watched the rest of it. So everything you're hearing right now is my impression based off of the first part of this. Right. Let's talk about Dr. Christine Palmer real quick. Yeah, let's. This lovely angel put on this earth to tolerate Stephen Strange woman is played by Rachel McAdams. Uh, Rachel McAdams is Canadian. She was trained in Shakespeare stage performance from the age of 13. Of course. I know her best as Regina George from Mean Girls. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ugliest effing skirt I've ever seen. Stop making fetch happen. <laughs> <laughs> you can't sit with us. Is butter a carb? God, I love that movie. Okay, I love that movie Maybe so much. We should totally do a Mean Girls watch along sometime, <gasps> just like for the patrons or something. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, I oh agree. Oh my God. Okay. The rest of her resume includes such classics as The Notebook, The Time Traveler's Wife. Uh, in the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes, she is uh, the only girl. Uh, just the name of Sherlock Holmes' lady just flew out of my head. I but don't remember. Oh, I'm sorry, I don't remember. Irene Adler. There it is. Ah. Anyway, uh, she is in the second season of True Detective. That season is a hot mess. She's great in it. And she's also in the film that I need to see. I can't believe I haven't seen it yet. Called Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Uh, I'm afraid I have not seen that movie. It sounds terrible. I need it. <laughs> I, think, wow. I think I badly need it. Wow. <laughs> so, um, hey, do we know anything about Christine Palmer from the comics? Steph, this is going to piss you off so bad. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I sense fridging. Go uh, Christine Palmer, a.k.a. Night Nurse. No. Yeah. That's Claire, that's Claire Temple. Uh, no, not according to this. Not according to MarvelFandom.com. I'm so, that's Claire from the Daredevil series is uh, Night Nurse. Uh, Christine Palmer was the first Night Nurse. Oh, we've to had this. multiple Night Nurses. We've had multiple Night Nurses. This Night Nurse always likes to wear super, super short skirts in very... I'm seeing that, yeah. In very busty uh, outfits. Um, she made her debut in August 1972. Uh, she was uh, eventually retired as a character in the uh, late, uh, early 80s. She was not the only Night Nurse, no. Yeah, no, I'm seeing there's also Linda Carter. Yeah. Who's another one? Uh, Georgia Jenkins, Christine Palmer. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, uh, comic books have uh, come a long way, but... Have they? 
well, in, in comparison to the 60s and 70s. Yes, okay. Let's be honest about what the Night Nurse character is. Hmm. It's soft porn. Is it? Yeah. And it's kind of disgusting. Um, uh, the This version of Night Nurse, she left her home against her father's wishes because he felt that she should just stay home and make babies. And she trained as a nurse. Oh, so it's like she's a feminist. Yeah, yeah. Except, except, uh, except. Uh, why would a nurse wear what she's wearing? Oh, I know why. <laughs> so that boys can masturbate to her pictures. Can spank to her. Yep. Yeah, yep, yep, that's yep. it. So, cool. yeah. Cool. Anyway, uh, she's got more substance in this film. I'll give them that. Absolutely. And also the actress is fucking wonderful. So I stand. She's magnificent. I stand her so hard. Just lovely. All right. So getting back into the movie, we are um, Vista of the New York City skyline. And there's Avengers Tower. Yay. Which has the lights on. But as we know from the chronological order, nobody's home. Yeah, they broke up. So that's weird. But there it is. Also, it's packed um, up, isn't it? At this point, yeah, like because yeah. of Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah, but in the release order, that hasn't happened yet. Right. But chronologically, it shouldn't be there. But you know, it's almost like there's a lot of content in the MCU, so they can't actually always square the continuity. Wait, are you suggesting you don't plan ahead for everything? Uh yeah. <laughs> okay, so we are in Stephen Strange's ridiculous fucking penthouse apartment with the ludicrous view of Manhattan. Uh, he is getting all tuxedoed up in front of his ego wall covered in all of his awards. Um, so because he's going to this dinner thing, speaking engagement that he was trying to get Christine to go with him to. Cool. He drives away in his penis compensation mobile. Oh, real quick. Um, I yeah. lost two hours of my life because of this fucking scene. Okay. And I and I have to quickly say it here because otherwise Quickly. Yeah. He pulls out a drawer. There are a bunch of watches, very, very fancy watches that are spinning. Okay. Uh extremely fancy watches like that get powered by movement. They move around if when you move them around rotate, they recharge. Right. So the drawer of the of them spinning is then being recharged. That's how it works. Uh that was explained to me in a two hour period by my partner, and I want my life back. (laughs) anyway that's it um but i yeah i did i missed that probably because i was going off in my notes about his penis compensation mobile yeah um but yeah a a little a little foreshadowing guys time is a thing wow why i wonder why no no we'll find out (laughs) um he goes driving uh super fast down windy roads he's driving like an asshole uh he gets a hands-free phone call so maybe he's being a little responsible from his assistant who is pitching new cases for him to take on for this super high-powered brilliant fucking doctor to take on um the first one he describes as i've got a 35 year old air force colonel crushed his lower spine in some kind of experimental armor yep war machine is it though don't know, but that's the implication. I feel like it's a maybe, but because James Rhodes is an Air Force colonel, he's a lieutenant colonel, but he is also, and, and this movie was released right after Civil War, so he would still be, you know, recovering from a spinal injury. Right. So that is the implication. However, Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodes was publicly known as the pilot of War Machine. Right. He was the public face of this. He used to be all star-spangled painted. Yeah. Like, he is a celebrity in the American military machine. So why wouldn't the assistant be like, hey, fucking war machine? Because that would have gotten Strange on board to help him. 
Yeah. I don't know. Because because of the publicity. I don't know. Um, so I really feel like he would have been name checked. So if it's not Rhodey, do you remember, do you remember, back in Iron Man 2, the footage of Justin Hammer testing suits? Oh, the guy that got his, the top part of his body snapped? That got completely snapped <laughs> What if, what if somebody is experimenting with uh, trying to recreate the Iron Man suit and somebody got hurt? It wouldn't I, be Justin Hammer because we know he's in prison right now with the Mandarin. He's, he's in prison so hard. <laughs> uh, he's got a lovely boyfriend. Everything's fine. I'm here for um, that. I'm here for his journey. I, I, I buy that headcanon. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Anyway, Strange shoots that down. He says it's not worth his time. And the guy brings up a couple other uh, cases that are like not worth his time because he can't win them because the person will pro- possibly die and then that would hurt his reputation. So he's not even even going to bother trying to help them. Again, I hate him. Yeah, hate him. And and I extra hate him because now it's raining. The ro- the super windy road he's on is wet. He's driving like an asshole. It's two lane highway. He's passing people like crazy. And now his assistant sent over the fucking x-rays from the one case he is interested in. And he's looking at it. While he's driving he's, in the rain. While he's driving on, in the rain on a two-lane winding road in, in the middle of passing people. He's going to fucking kill somebody. Yep. I hate drivers like him. I hate him more. Absolutely. And so, like, gosh, what a surprise when he finally crashes. The only thing surprising about this crash is he didn't kill anybody yeah. else. Yeah. Like, like, we don't hear about any other drivers. It's all about him. So, I don't know. Maybe other people were hurt, and the movie is just as egocentric as he is, and so they didn't talk about it. Uh, so I have in my notes. Oh my god! Thank God he's dead. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun in a movie. <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, but this only. is where I would like to introduce a new counter. To oh. The podcast. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, that new counter is the Doctor Strange self-inflicted problem counter. <laughs> I agree. Because he did this to himself. This one car accident that he has where he fucking frisbees his penis mobile right off of a cliff and it falls and he lands in water and it's bad, bad, bad. And you see the dashboard crush his hands on the steering wheel, which is ominous. He did this to himself. Yeah. Fuck him. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve medical care and help. I'm just saying my sympathy for his struggle, particularly how he handles his struggle, is real fucking thin. I because he did this to himself again. I'm so surprised the guys editing this movie are like, you know, this is really not a a good person. There's yeah. like nothing about this guy that's great. Maybe we should soften him up, add some humor. You know, like I don't know, Tony Stark. It, Howard Stark. it will, but not until like 40 minutes into the movie. When and ever so that's 40 minutes of hate for him. Yeah, yeah. Like I my initial impression, and the thing is, the thing is, they do give him humor in the first scene. But it's not funny. And like, maybe it's funny if you're another, if you're another cishet white dude and you're like, ha ha, he's so clever. And why isn't everybody just uh, so charmed by all of his humor? It's not charming. It's no. douchey. Exactly. That scene personally attacked me because I used to be that guy. Like, mm. oh, that song, it came out on the B side of blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, yeah. You were the music snob guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I would hear myself and go, God, I'm a prick. And I stopped. <laughs> And so when I saw that scene, it just, that's probably what, one of the reasons why I started to hate him so hard is it was like looking at. It was a like mirror. a personal attack. It was yeah. a personal attack. It was 20 year old me. Uh-huh. Yeah. But he's like a 40 year old grown ass brilliant man. And he's acting like that. Yeah. 
Anyway, um, so it's bad. He's crashed. He's in the water. He sort of comes to being wheeled into the stupid old ER where all they do is fucking save a person's life sometimes. God. (laughs) So embarrassing for him. He's in the ER. Ew. Support for Marvelous Divas is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate hygiene bundle for the man in your life, the Performance Package. Help him join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code DIVAS at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 14 million clean shaved balls. I just love that we get to say balls. <laughs> and, and like it's official. It's not just us. You just can't help yourself. Not just us doing the podcast and being ourselves, but like this is officially talking about balls. Anyway, Christopher, can you tell us about balls? Yeah, uh, it's like sometimes my body likes to grow body hair down there. It's kind of like Kashyyyk, and I need help with the trimmer. Uh, I've used a lot of I've used a lot of different trimmers. Um, none of them really work as well as Manscaped. I've been a long time Manscaped customer. I use the lawnmower lawnmower 1.0 now we're on 4.0 the mm-hmm. new latest one has lighting a lighting attachment okay. to it i got it right here look at yeah for oh, those of oh. you watching the video yeah that little light this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine <laughs> and it's great because not all of us have all the lighting options in our shower right and i do use mine right. in the shower as part of my routine it's a great way to keep fresh uh keep yourself a little hairless down there Mm-hmm. And most importantly, you can look sexy for your partner. <laughs> uh, and I think that is a message we can all get behind. So <laughs> if you want to get in on some of this well-lit uh, ball shaving action, go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code DIVAS. Again, that's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code D-I-V-A-S. Unlock his confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. <laughs> I love that it's got a light. I know, right? Oh, it's the girl. Trust that saved. Save my balls. He wakes up in a hospital bed to uh, the big, brown, sympathetic eyes of Dr. Christine Palmer. He does not deserve her. Nope. Let's be clear. Neither do we. He's all fucked up and oh my god, his hands, his hands, his fucking delicate instrument neurosurgeon hands are mangled and like up on like a fucking scaffolding in front of him and stuff. They look terrible. And he finds out uh, because Christine breaks it to him as gently as possible that he was in the car for a long time and there was a lot of nerve damage in his hands. And so there was like a golden hour for repairing nerve damage that passed while he was in the car. And all he can say is, what did they do? Yeah. What did they do? Like, he's judging the surgery. Right. And she tells him he's got 11 steel pins in his bones and severe nerve damage. And she says, no one could have done better. I could have done better. Well, you shouldn't have driven your fucking car the way you did off the road. Literally the next line in my notes after that is, well, next time, don't drive like an asshole. Yeah. That's like... Self-inflicted problem, sir. And I'm, again, everybody deserves medical help. That's the medical profession, is you help everybody. Absolutely. And 
but this is he di- this was his mistake and he's just lucky he didn't kill a whole bunch of other fucking people while he made it like anyway he's a terrible patient for numerous reasons as we go through this doctors make the worst patients absolutely um i've heard that a lot <laughs> big strong privileged white men make the worst patients <laughs> one plus one equals awful He's fucking terrible. His hands are all shaky. He's accusing the doctors that did the surgery of ruining him. Um, He demands more procedures to speed up the healing process. He gets them because congratulations on your your fucking privilege, sir. Yeah. That you're able to actually sit down with all of the doctors at this hospital and be like, you didn't fix me good enough. Try again. The rest of us plebes in this world just have to take what we're given with the first procedure and hope we don't die. Yeah. But if there are some dire consequences, maybe they'll go back in and fix it. Yeah. Says the woman who has had to have corrective surgery. Because of the first medical procedure. I'm just saying, I just, this is where he really starts triggering me. Yeah. Um, and not like in an irrational way. I have a lot of medical experience and not because it's fun. Um, because I am a chronic illness patient and I have been disabled for the past over a decade, like 11, 12 years now. Um, so watching him struggle with accepting his new disability, I, I empathize with that because it took me a while to, to sort of accept my, uh, my new limitations and my disability. Um, but watching him be a complete asshole to everyone around him is trying to help him and watching him uh, completely reject anything that might accommodate his new state of being because he completely doesn't accept it and stuff. It was really, really frustrating for me. Yeah. And also, what's the message here? Like, um, right. Uh, if you're if you're if you're good enough and privileged enough, you can overcome anything. And the people who are still disabled just aren't trying. Is that yeah. the message of the movie? Exactly. Like, we just don't try hard enough. If I had just, you know what it is. I need to go start climbing mountains in Nepal. That's, That's what you know, need that, to do. That'll, that'll cure my fucking lupus. Like, that, is that the message here? That other people who suffer dire injuries um, just aren't going above and beyond to get themselves repaired? And Ste- like, Steph, I keep telling you, if you just do more yoga and buy some crystals and travel to Nepal, you would be fine. Travel to Nepal, low dose LSD. Like, come on, man. It's like I'm not even trying. I just want to stay safe. <laughs> anyway, and that's not an exaggeration, guys. Aside from that's the suggestion what... that I travel to Nepal, I hear this shit a lot. So, I, I, when I use Facebook more, I would see Stephanie post about her trials and tribulations as a way to vent and right. to update everybody. This is what's going on with her. And the fucking nerve mm-hmm. of people that would comment on your on your Facebook. It was... yeah. Have you tried yoga? Gosh, Karen, no, I hadn't thought of that. I was really hoping that I could just stay disabled forever. (laughs) Fucking ridiculous. Sorry, I'm laughing so I don't get too angry. Yeah. All right. So this motherfucker is uh, after his second surgery given to him upon his request, because he could do that. uh, He's in physical therapy. And I look, normally I don't name check actors in small roles in a movie. Um, but I'm going to name check people in this movie because uh, they deserve to be recognized because they endured strange being an asshole to them. Too. So, <laughs> during the initial uh, Stephen Strange is a brilliant doctor and we should all love him sequence. Um, there was one particular doctor uh, down whose neck he shat a great deal. Yeah, that is Dr. West. He's played by an actor by the name of Michael Stuhlbarg. 
Good for him. And now here in this scene, the physical therapist that Stephen Strange literally refers to as bachelor's degree. All right, answer me this bachelor's degree. Oh, go fuck yourself. All the way off. That physical therapist is being played by an actor by the name of Kobna Holbrook-Smith. So there. Hey, kids. Uh, Piece of advice. I have uh, done hiring for over a dozen companies. Mm -hmm. I have seen a lot of amazing, wonderful people. People that come out of college, especially if it's an Ivy League school, are generally (sighs) fucking useless. And it's because they don't have real life experience. Real life experience will always trump education. Our higher, at least the United States, our higher education system no longer prepares people for the real world. It prepares you for more school. It prepares you for more school because that's the that's the that's the joke, right? We want more mm-hmm. of your money. Um, it exactly. has it's been that way since the early nineties. For those of y'all that want to disagree with me, go right ahead. There are over a dozen studies that came out just this year that prove my point. Go read the Harvard Business Review for more information on that. It is a it is a shame that we have uh, this mentality in the country that a person is more than more than others because of the amount of degrees they have because of how much money they were able to spend on school. For most of us that have degrees, that just means you're more in debt and good for you. You're an idiot. That's a bad investment. And uh, I really wish uh, companies would smarten up to this. The only reason why at this point companies require any kind of degrees uh, other than a high school degree, which I do I do think that one's important, but. Um, any other degrees uh, is because they don't know how to hire and they have to figure Mm -hmm. out ways to like filter talent out. Right. That's it. Now, to be clear, we did just talk about Black Panther where so many of those actors had Ivy League educations, but that was educations in the arts, which they have all clearly gone forward and used to create careers for themselves. Oh, absolutely. But they've also, before they, to get into a a program like that, they've had to work before, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so it's not, you know, they earn that shit. Um, I did right. not have to work to get into a liberal arts uh, program at the college you and I went to. No. I, I was a I was a C average kid on my on a good semester. Yeah, no. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, nobody looked at my SAT scores. Come on. Now. Yeah. And everybody I knew who other than my aunt, everybody I knew who went to Harvard and Yale, they got in because their mom or dad went there. And right. th- that's the thing. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, getting back into this movie. Um, So physical therapy guy is like trying to encourage him and to get through his physical therapy. And physical therapy is really hard. Physical therapy, uh, speaking as somebody who's had to go through it, physical therapy, particularly in the beginning stages, feels a lot more like fucking torture. Oh, it is torture, right? You have to put in the work. You have to stick with it and stay consistent and keep doing it. And then eventually it stops hurting and starts helping. Like it was helping the whole time, but you feel like it's helping. Stephen Strange doesn't have the fucking patience for that. And he treats this physical therapist who's only trying to help him with utter disdain, calls him bachelor's degree. And is like, have you ever worked with anybody with nerve damage this bad? And the guy's like, yeah, actually, I knew a guy, broke his fucking back. Uh, he was in here three times a week. And one day he just stopped showing up. I thought he died. Weeks later, this guy who was in a wheelchair walks by me on the street and strange is like bullshit prove it and the guy's like fine i he says take me a while to pull the file from the archive but if it proves your arrogant ass wrong worth it hmm. so stephen strange motivates people through spite and hatred yeah and i feel like that's accurate i like the actor um of the physical therapist it didn't look great though that you had a pompous asshole white guy talking down uh-huh. to a person of color yes 
Yeah, there was that layer to it as well. Yeah. Dickhead. Anyway, um, it says in my notes, Strange struggles with his new disability. Poor fucking baby. Um, he <laughs> is trying to like shave this scraggly ass hospital beard off of his face, but he can't use his super slick, very expensive bladed handheld razor. So he just says, fuck it. And I will have an ugly beard forever. Like he oh, won't even get my- an electric razor. Oh my God. He cannot shave his face. I feel so fucking bad for him now. You know, he struggles. He's like a real person. He's trying to get other doctors to help him, but they won't because they like him are concerned with their reputations. And they think that helping him is a fail. And huh. and they won't be able to fix him, so they're not going to help him. He's in the midst of the frustration with that. Christine comes in. Like, she's bringing – clearly she's got takeout. And she's there to check on him and bring him food. And he's, like, super hateful and awful to her. And she's trying to encourage him and maybe talk him into not – totally bankrupting himself to try and fix his hands and maybe accept his life as it is and stuff. And she tells him, This isn't the end. There are other things that can give your life meaning. Like what? Like you. In my notes, I have Christine grab him by the head and throw his ass out that fucking window. Right? Yeah. Fuck him. And good for her. That conversation ends with her saying, You know what? Bye. And leaving. Yeah. Good. Good. God damn it. I hate him. Anyway... (laughs) He, like, doesn't show really a whole lot of regret for that conversation that I could see. Um, He's just really deep in his self-pity package situation, his little pity party. Um, I said package because the next line in my notes is, uh, he got a package. And so he gets a package full of uh, HIPAA violation. Right? This this makes no sense to me. Yeah, apparently physical therapy guy just grabbed a patient's whole ass file, shoved it in an envelope, and mailed it to Doctor Strange. With a with a post-it note that says, Told you so. So, uh, y'all, if you do not if you've not heard of our uh, if you've not heard our Star Wars podcast, I have a concept called uh the Embara of it all. <laughs> uh-huh. Um sometimes a movie tries to be smart, but then that makes the, the plot holes far more gaping. that is this like that one scene i was like i'm officially fucking done with this movie and i i started messaging you and i was like steph what the fuck are we gonna do are we really gonna talk about this movie because it's so dumb it tries to be so smart with the medical shit Mm -hmm. i wish i wish they got they went lighter with that i wish they went super high level with it well girl i didn't even mention earlier he's doing like the life-saving bullet extraction out of this guy's brain right but the tool that he used let me see i wrote it down because I personally encountered this tool uh, this week. Let's see, where is it? Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. Ah, where is it? Oh, uh, he was using a punch biopsy forceps into this brain surgery. Um, I overshare with the podcast. Hi guys, I had a colposcopy this week. Mm-hmm. Um, just a little, a little thing about women's health and a tool that they use to go up in there and literally punch pieces of your tissue out. Uh, to take for samples is a punch bi- biopsy forceps. It is not a small or delicate instrument. So I can't imagine that it's any good for putting in your brain. Right, right, right. And in, in this, like an actual medical professional, this this physical therapist, if anybody found out that he just took a patient's file and mailed it to another patient, he's, he's fucking, he's not only going to lose his job, he's going to go to jail. Oh yeah, and, and the institute and the institute he's working for gets fine, gets a big ass fine. It's a, there's a yeah. whole it's a whole cascade of of shit. There's that a, it's 
the our medical privacy has laws protecting it. So yeah. like it's he just sends it to him and and so now he's enabled this fucking half mad asshole uh patient in Doctor Strange to go and track down this poor man who has miraculously healed from his spinal injury and and harass him on a basketball court. Because that's yeah. what he does. Yeah, that's what he does. And so he goes up there and he's like, I know you, you're Pangborn, and you had this horrible injury and stuff, and you're going to talk to me about it right now, and I totally don't look like a hobo that just jumped off a boxcar to get here. <laughs> like, so weird. I can't shave my face. <laughs> can't you see how disabled I am? Anyway... So this guy, Jonathan Pangborn, the miraculous recovery guy, I wouldn't even really mention him except he's played by Benjamin Bratt. We love him. He's the only American with a, a major speaking role in this movie, by the way. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he is uh, the son of an indigenous Peruvian immigrant, and he grew up in San Francisco. I know this now because I fucking love Benjamin Bratt. Y'all, I have been in love with him since the 2000 comedy masterpiece, Miss Congeniality. Fuck yeah. Okay. 23 years I've been in love with this man. Mm. Anyway, he's been in other stuff, too, that's not... Silly, but I, but y'all, Miss Congeniality is brilliant. It's so good. It's so good. It's so fucking good. (laughs) He was in Traffic, Catwoman. He actually does a lot of voice work, which is strange because he's so pretty. I know, right? Like, put him in front of camera always. But he does have a nice voice, so. He really does. I I ain't mad at that either. He is a voice in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 1 and 2. He is in Despicable Me Too. He is the voice of El Macho. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's also in Coco and um, mm-hmm. the the Justice League Gods and Monsters okay. uh, series, those games. He's also in 95 episodes of Law and & Order as Detective Reynaldo Curtis. And, and in the new series that's out right now with Natasha Leone, Poker Face, he's in that. And, so now uh, I have to watch Poker Face. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would recommend uh, watching his scenes in Law & Order. We get some... Uh, Good old-fashioned network TV at night nudity. I appreciate that. Nice. Mm-hmm. nice. He's a That's very gifted man. <clears throat> anyway, so, yeah, he reacts pretty well to this fucking weirdo rolling up on him and reciting his medical history to him out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, And he's, and by well, I mean, he's like, you know what? You got to leave me alone. And he tries to fucking blow him off because he recognizes his name. He's like, oh, you're Stephen Strange. You actually refuse to treat me. Yeah, you said you said I was untreatable. There was no glory in it for you, so you didn't actually help me at all. And in my notes, it said so clearly he's going to reject him, and that's going to be the end of the movie because that would be the thing that would make the most sense. Da, 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 da. No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, he holds Strange holds up his shaking hands, and he says, "You came back from a place there's no way back from. I'm trying to find my own way back." And now Pangborn, and this is the thing: Stephen Strange survives through this movie. He gets by. On the extraordinary kindness of the people around him. Because Pangborn could have told him to go fuck himself with his shaky hands. (laughs) He didn't. He's like, okay, fine, I'll tell you. Because he's clearly a good person. I I would have magic missiled him. (laughs) He doesn't have that power. Damn it. (laughs) He doesn't. He explains that he gave up on his body, so he went on a quest to elevate the only thing he had left, his mind. I found my teacher. And my mind was elevated. And my spirit deepened. And somehow... Your body healed. Yes. And he says that there were deeper secrets there, but he did not have the strength to learn them. So he just took the miracle of his healing and left. Okay. Okay, cool. 
So he's the one who name drops Kamartage. What? To Strange. Yeah, you need to go to Kamartage, but the cost is high. And Strange is like, how much? He's like, oh, it's not money. It doesn't cost money. You got a mysterious other cost. And okay, fine. So we're going to go to Kamartage now. Which is in Nepal, apparently. Yeah, in Kathmandu, Nepal, we see this crazy tall, raggedy-ass white man backpacking through Nepal, literally just pulling over randos on the street and asking them if they know where Kamartaj is. Okay, that makes sense to me. Presumably it's not on any maps or in any Google searches. I'm about to say, I have my notes. Is there not a Google, like, Yelp? Kamartaj, three out of five stars, not my favorite, Sanctum Sanctorum. And... And notice he didn't bother to, like, learn any of the language. He's he's babbling at people in English. Right. Like, ridiculous. Um, eventually, he's just, like, clearly, like, he just looks like a wandering hobo. Again, this is a look that he's cultivating. He's just wandering the streets, muttering the words Kamertage to himself. Uh-oh, a beautiful black man in a hooded robe heard him. My husband. Oh, my God. So he goes down a back alley because that's what you do when you're alone wandering around. In and Nepal, I really f- yeah. And like, this is just the biggest white man bullshit. Of course you turned and went down a back alley. Who would attack you? You're an enormous white man. It's my policy. Exactly, you fucker. Anyway, <laughs> he, he's about to get mugged for his watch. And he's like, no, my watch is all that I have, blah, blah, blah. It's very special to him. They attack him. Hooded robe guy saves him. Uh, finds the watch. The watch is cracked. It's not working anymore. Time is broken. Ooh, it's got meaning. Anyway. He's, <laughs> beautiful black man is like, hey, are you looking for Kamertage? Cool. I'm going to take you to this non Because I heard you ask like, these 500 other people who didn't even know who the fuck you were talking about because they don't speak your language. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so he takes him up to the door and uh, this is like totally nondescript door. And Strange is like, uh, you sure it's that? Because it doesn't look very kamertage And the guy's like, I was like you once. Disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. Arrogant. Yeah. So might I offer you some advice? Forget everything you think you know. He can't because he knows everything. Right. Anyway, you want to talk about the beautiful black man? Yeah, let's talk about him. Uh, so we don't know his character name. We won't know his character name for a while, but I'm going to go ahead and call him Mordo because that's his name. Mm-hmm. Mordo. Mordo is played by an actor by the name of Chipotle Ejiofor. And I love him. This movie gets by on my love of all the actors in it. That's the only reason I keep watching the Pretty fucking thing. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So, Chibatel Ejiofor was born in London to Nigerian immigrant parents. Uh, he is also trained for stage and screen tons of Shakespearean classics. The amount of Shakespearean training in this cast is pretty intense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I first noticed him in Serenity. Uh-huh. Remember, he was, he was the operative. He was my favorite in that movie. Yeah. He's also in Amistad, Inside Man, Children of Men, American Gangster, The Martian, 12 Years a Slave, for which he was nominated for an Oscar. Yep. Um, He's in a TV series called The Man Who Fell from Earth. And my favorite role, he's in Kinky Boots as Lola. (laughs) Kinky Boots was a movie before it was a musical. Yep, yep, yep. Anyway. She's Kinky Boots. uh, I'm sorry. Kinky Boots. Do you know anything about Mordo? Yeah, so he is based on Carl, Carl Mordo, Carl? <laughs> or, a.k.a. Baron Mordo, 
Uh, he made his first appearance in Strange Tales number 111, May 1963. He's kind of one of uh, Doctor Strange's uh, uh, key antagonists. Uh, just oh, really? like, yeah, just like uh, in the movie, he trained. He was a disciple of the Ancient One and became immediately resentful of Doctor Strange when Doctor Strange started to get trained as well. Look, I'm sensing a problem with the Ancient One school because between Mordo and Caecilius, like. Is the ancient one a good teacher? No. Do do y'all have any kind of policies about like screening process? Obviously not because you let strange in, but okay. Background check, maybe. Anything? Reference system. Psyche vowels. Yeah. No. Apparently not. Anyway, go on. Uh, That's it, really. Um, uh, He did stuff. Like cool, just, yeah. That's it. I All right, really so care. we've gone inside to this nice place. What happens? I've been talking for like nine hundred years. You, you go. What? what oh yeah. What so Doctor Strange looks around. He sees a very nice looking but humble abode. It mm-hmm. uh, looks very fancy and um, uh, really beautifully decorated. There's this really cool looking guy that's sitting yeah. behind a table. He looks like he's all smart and experty with his like Fu Manchu and everything. And Doctor mm-hmm. Strange assumes that person is the ancient one because why not? It's yep. a man. And mm-hmm. let's why not we just slather on some uh, sexism right on top of everything else oh, that's yeah. going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, Stephen's like, okay, well, I'm here. Uh, that must be the ancient one. And then we hear a voice from the other side of the room. Of uh, it sounds more like a woman's voice. And they're like, thank you. And it turns out that this other person is the ancient one. Everybody else leaves the fucking room. Uh huh. And uh, the ancient one is Tilda. Is that you? Yeah. Tilda Swinton. All right. My God. Um, so let's talk about this. Yeah. Because there's layers to this situation. Okay. Tilda Swinton is a white woman. Uh-huh. I love Tilda Swinton, just to be clear. In my mind, her, she is not Tilda Swinton. She is the Swinton. Yes. She, she is, is a, a, a an androgynous, genderless, powerful entity. And I adore her. She was, real quick, she's born in London. She's a Shakespearean stage actor. She actually worked with the Royal Shakespeare Company for a while. She does a lot of exploration of androgyny in her performances. She has 95 credits dating back to 1986. So, quick highlights. Uh, I first saw her as the Angel Gabriel in Constantine. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> She was stunning. She was so good. She's also the White Witch in the Chronicles of Narnia movies. Uh, She's in Snowpiercer, the Grand Budapest Motel, 3,000 Years of Longing, which I need to watch, because it's got Idris Elba. And she's also in Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Yep. There's one more thing she's in. I'm going to send you a picture. (laughs) Because she's also in a music video. For David Bowie, the stars are out tonight. Oh, I have seen this for sure. And what's sad is that this is one of his last uh, videos. Well, yeah, that was he was definitely closing down shop at yeah. the time. Um, she's fucking fantastic, you guys. I love her, and I love her performance here. However, it is problematic. Oh my god, so problematic. Um, so, Chris, the Ancient One in the comics, tell me about this character, specifically their nationality. Yeah, the Ancient One. Uh, they were born in the Himalayas, mm. <laughs> in Tibet. Mm. Not Celtic. No. Yeah. Uh, they made Not a fr- white woman. They Not made a- their debut in Amazing Adventures number one, March 1961. They are an old fucking character. Yeah. And they were one of the few non-white characters in the Marvel comics for a very long time. Right. So, right. to cast 
Artilda. Mm-hmm. Uh, the so Swinton. The Swinton, who was not born in Tibet, call me crazy, uh, yeah. is really offensive for me. It really is. Here's the thing. They they were trying... Like, okay, so there's there's the, the party line from from Marvel Studios about why she was cast. And then there's the sort of overwhelming belief of the fandom of why she was cast. Um, the fandom is pretty sure she was cast in this role because Marvel Studios wanted to be able to market this film to China. And China has a long and fraught history with Tibet. Okay. So they could not put a Tibet-looking person in this role if they wanted to market it to China. Then, I don't know how true that is, but that's the prevailing theory in the fandom. Then don't set the movie in Nepal. Yeah. Don't. I just, it's, you know, it's complicated. So well, most of, most of Dr. St- uh, many of Dr. Strange's comics only take place in New York because there is a sync. The sanctum sanctorum is there. They could right. have easily have done the whole thing in New York and London and call it a day. But would they've been able to have the ancient one? Uh, well, it would have... Because the ancient one, it's not just the setting, it's the character. Right, but, like, it could have... Like, number one, bottom line, it's terrible that they cast uh, who they cast for the ancient one. Uh, But it could have softened it a little bit if they didn't include a lot of the the uh, Tibetan-inspired stuff, at least, if that they were concerned about the China thing. My opinion is, you fuck China. Fuck China all day long. (sighs) I... That government is fucking terrible. Um, uh, so that could have softened it a little bit, uh, not including uh, martial arts magic as well could have softened that even more because then I would have been See? even less offended by it, but it's just, it's too much. It's just too much. But it's so nice to see some other cultural influence on the power in the MCU. Like I have no problem with the martial arts magic at all again. Um, but this really should have been an Asian person. Yeah, I in mean, this role. it really now, should have been. The party line from Marvel Studios as to why they cast her is that they were trying to avoid the racial stereotype of the of the wise old Asian man. And so they way overcorrected to um, <laughs> androgynous, timeless white woman. I have a quote from Kevin Feige regarding okay. the situation. Okay. Uh, from an interview he did, I think it was in Men's Health magazine. Anyway, uh, he says, quote, we thought we were being so smart and so cutting edge. We're not going to do the cliche of the wizened, old, wise Asian man, but it was a wake up call to say, well, wait a minute. Is there any other way to figure it out? Is there any other way to both not fall into the cliche and cast an Asian actor? And the answer to that, of course, is yes. End quote. You know who they could have cast instead of Tilda? Mm. Michelle Yeoh. Right? Why, why fucking not? Why not? Why the fuck not? <sighs> She's only an international treasure. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, that's... The casting of Tilda Swinton in this role is extraordinarily problematic. That was a an enormous stumble for a studio that had been doing pretty well. Uh, better, better than most, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this was just, and it was glaring. And like, there was there was interviews with Tilda Swinton about it because she was asked, like, "Hey, um, why are you playing an Asian role? Because yeah. you're not." And she maintains that she was never like. Obviously, she's not like a comic book reader. And that she was Fair. never pitched. She was never pitched this role as, "Hey, come play this Asian character." Right, right. Um, that she was she was pitched it as this as an already developed as a character for her to step into as like a white Celtic 
person who is just the latest in a long line of ancient ones, um, who, who's like origin is mysterious and doesn't matter in the long run because of like the story and the power and everything. And it's just a mantle that gets passed down. That's how it was pitched to her. She says that she was unaware of the racial implications. But what, what aspect uh, between what she's wearing, how she fights, how she casts magic, what is Celtic about it? Right. Her coloring. (laughs) That's what's Celtic about it. Like I, I get how in the initial pitch you could be like, Oh, okay, totally. But it takes five minutes of dealing with this script to realize that this is an Asian story. Yeah. Well, it's an, the, the story of the sorcerers is, is clearly of Asian origin. And so the ancient one being the leader of this order of sorcerers is also clearly of Asian origin. Like, but I mean, I don't, you know what? I am not the Swinton. That's not my career. Um, whatever. I, f- I feel like staying in the role is problematic. But it's not me. Anyway, it's 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 ugly. Yeah. I like I love her. I love her performance. I love her. I absolutely love her. The way she handles her. this character, it's just it's really ugly that she's even here. And 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 you know, I have I have friends. Uh, I have friends who are, by the way, Asian who hate this movie because of, in their opinion, cultural appropriation. Uh, yep. That's that is where my that is where my martial arts opinion comes from. By the way, mm. um, it's really offensive to them that they had. Tilda's uh, Tilda cast, and then everybody knows Kung Fu. It's like to them, why not just throw salt in my eyes, please? Um, just, and cast and, cast an Asian person. There's one Asian person in this movie. One we haven't even met him. Which, yet. which, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, and then, and then on the on the flip side of that, it's like like it's 2016, man. Like it's it was the way it was done. No, it wasn't. It, wait, That's not that long ago. Seven had, fucking years ago. And there were articles leading up to this, the release of this movie, calling this shit out. And so yeah. it wasn't that long ago. And anyway, it was. Kevin it was Feige getting has acknowledged out. the mistake. Yeah, no, he he has. He's acknowledged it, but they didn't do anything about it at the time. It was called out the second yeah. that that her casting was announced. Like, yeah, they hadn't even really gotten deep into filming yet, and it was called out, and they did, and they still did not change directions. Um, I feel like that doesn't happen now. Like if you're going to get an overwhelming backlash to a casting decision now and you're a major studio, maybe you listen better now. But in 2016, no, they didn't fucking listen. They didn't fucking care. So yep. that that's what it was like. That's what it, it's not like. It was a different time. We can forgive it. It was a different time in that they were less aware of their accountability to their audience. Anyway, yep. um, so yeah, the ancient one is here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she has she has a general sort of like oh my god you're so adorable attitude towards uh towards strange which i love um and is extraordinarily frustrating for strange because he's accustomed to impressing or intimidating people and not being um sort of softly smiled at like he's a an angry kitten or something you know <laughs> so that's their whole dynamic here and i love it um, mm-hmm. where he's like, so did you heal this pangborn guy? And she's like, eh, kind of. I showed him how to heal himself. And he's like, oh my God. So you figured out a way to reprogram nerve cells to self-heal? No, Mr. Strange. I know how to reorient the spirit to better heal the body. Huh. And he's like, okay. And then she holds up a drawing, uh, a book that's got a drawing of chakras. And he's like, oh, great. Yeah. Okay. I've seen that in a gift shop. That's fucking great. Because he's an asshole. 
Yeah, he's still he's an a asshole. asshole. None yeah. of his trials and tribulations up to this point with confronting his disability, and there is nothing more humbling than surgery and recovery. Right. Like that is that will bring you fucking low. Nothing has humbled him, nothing has changed him. He's still an asshole. He is travel he's a fucking penniless hobo in Nepal right now, and he's still an asshole. And he's yeah. still being a dick about pictures of chakras and acupuncture and, and everything she's saying about how you can use energy to redirect and heal the body. And again, this is also totally cultural appropriation when it's coming out of a white woman's mouth. Yeah. So, Hate it. Hate it. No Hate getting, it all. No getting away from that. Um, Strange is pissed because he's like, I spent my last dollar to get here and you're trying to like sell me fairy tales and stuff. And she tells him that you spent your whole life looking through a keyhole, trying to learn more, <laughs> trying to widen the keyhole. Um, and now you hear that it can be widened and you're totally rejecting the possibility. <laughs> he's like, no, I reject bullshit, make believe stupidity. There's no such thing as the spirit and tries to. And, and when he says that, the black guy like smirks. Mordo is like, oh, yeah. oh you, no you done called down the thunder now. Yeah. And he's all ranting and raving. He goes to poker in the chest and he's like, I don't, there's no believe it. And I don't believe in you and goes to poker in the chest. And she punches his soul out of his body. Uh, so I had to. um <laughs> Uh, I wasn't able to, I, I watched this scene twice and uh, uh-huh. I wasn't able to track it because the word keyhole uh, <laughs> froze me. I have in my notes, boy, I hope I get my keyhole widened. I, whatever that yeah. guy is going to call me. I hope he calls uh-huh. me. That would suck if he didn't call me. Cool. Yeah. I love how focused you are. Yeah. 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 I watched this twice. So you didn't notice his soul getting punched out of his body? I didn't care. I was like, oh, is he dead? Oh, damn it. He's still alive. I fucking loved it because I'm like, I've been wanting to do that for like 30 minutes. And I'm so hard his soul leaves his body. Yeah. 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 Um, Anyway, uh, she sucks him back into his body and is like, I just punched your astral form out of your physical form. And he's like, you fucking drugged me. There's psilocybin in that tea, etc. Why are you doing this to me? And she's like, to show you just how much you don't know. Open your eyes. Pokes him in the forehead and sends him on a multiplanar acid trip magical mystery tour of the multiverse. And this is where I would like to add a new counter. Okay. Uh, take a shot every time the word multiverse is used, counter. <laughs> <laughs> because from here on out, the word multiverse is just like, like it's over. It's officially overused. I get that this is the first time we're really introducing the concept of the multiverse, but we heard you the first ten times, right? But okay. Um, so we, it's, it's really, you know, it's fucking trippy. Um, it's really, really cool CG. Some of it's very pretty. Um, the horror movie aspect really comes into play. I do not like the grabby hands dimension. I hated the grabby hands dimension. Um, the movie vagina dimension had some potential. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and she explains to him because she's got like a voiceover while he's going through this whole fucking acid trip that there are some, there's a lot out there in the multiverse. There are some dark places where powers older than time lie ravenous and waiting. And I'm sure that won't come up again later. No, of course not. Of course not. No, Um, we're good. We see, uh, uh, what I have a lava lamp monster. (laughs) <laughs> that's not inaccurate uh anyway he comes down from the trip slams into the floor of the sanctuary he's all shook gasping she's like have you seen that before in a gift shop mm-hmm. 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 fucker 
Uh, anyway, he holds up his shaking hands, looks at her and says, teach me. And she says no and kicks him out. And I'm like, end of movie. Yeah, that's it. That, that's <laughs> dun, correct. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> no, cut to five hours later, oh. Mordo is trying to talk the Ancient One into letting him back in. Okay. Why? That makes no sense to me either. <sighs> I don't know. I feel like, again, Strange only gets by on the extraordinary kindness of others. Mordo feels bad for him. But he's a dick. He's right. I don't feel bad for him at all because she knows his history, right? Like right. she quoted to him in that scene, all of his medical history, uh, of the number of surgeries he's had and, and everything that happened to him. She knows that this is a self-inflicted problem and that he has learned nothing through all of his, all of his struggles since then and has been a, an asshole in this space. And so, no, you don't get to learn anything. Get the fuck out. But Mordo, extraordinary kindness, feels bad for him and is campaigning to let him back in. And she's like, no, he's arrogant and ambitious and I've seen it all before. And he's like, oh, he reminds you of Caecilius. Duh. Yeah. And in my notes, who? Oh, the guy from the intro scene. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he said his name once and we haven't seen him since. Yeah. I, was, I totally remember that guy. Whatever. Yeah. And I, and I, and I have in my notes. <laughs> I can't wait for Cassilius to have a whole a whole range of scenes so I can understand his backstory and his motivation. That's I'm sure adorable. we're going to have a unique, wonderful <laughs> villain experience with this one. No. 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 Why would you cast a, an extraordinary actor like Mads Michelson and put him in a in a nuanced uh, portrayal of a villainous entity? Why would you do that? Why not Why not just put him, have him prop up your, uh, your paper doll of a bad guy? Yeah. For a couple hours. He could have yeah. been in CG. He could have been in CG. Yeah. He could have... Could have been anybody. I mean, I could have played him, quite frankly. Hmm. Anyway, um, ultimately, she does give in because she sees that there are dark days ahead and because Cassilius has taken the pages and then maybe they could use a guy like Strange. So, okay, fine. They let Strange in. They set him up at the room and the Wi-Fi password. Is Shambhala. Which was, which was cute. Um, anyway, we do get a closer look at the watch, uh, the broken watch. It's got an inscription on the back from Christine. It says, time will tell how much I love you. She used to really love him. In my notes, I was like, what the fuck? There was no indication whatsoever that there was any love in that relationship. Right. Um, None. Certainly not buy you an expensive watch with an inscription. Absolutely not. That's a $10,000 watch. She's oh, okay. a, she's an ER doctor. She ain't. She's not a fucking neurosurgeon. <laughs> I, don't like, a, I don't understand this movie. Here's the thing. The the arrogance, the confidence, the the pride in his work and everything that that Strange had back when he was a neurosurgeon, that's accurate. Oh yeah. Surgeon surgeons are the fucking rock stars of the medical world. Um I've had my I've had opportunities to encounter a few of them, and they just sort of like swagger in and whenever they feel like it, and they're like, I'm gonna tell you what an amazing job I did on your internal organs. And I'm so fucking cool. And you want that doctor. You want the doctor that is is really fucking good at their job and that all the nurses tell you that they're really fucking good at your at their job. It's not just the doctor telling you, but all the nurses around them back them up. That's the good doctor. And you want somebody who's that barbarically confident when they're elbow deep in your fucking chest cavity. Uh, right? Yeah, absolutely. Or or brain or elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. All of it. All of, all it. of it. Yeah, I get it. Like that is accurate. That level of fucking swagger is accurate to surgeons. But this is a movie protagonist, fictional surgeon, and we need to like him at some point. At some point. I don't like him. I don't like him. 
Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I just, we're coming up on almost two hours of this podcast and I still don't like our protagonist. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm helping. Anyway, um, so we get like the magical long drawn out training montage for Strange, uh, where he learns about the magic that they do, where they're like harnessing the energy from the other dimensions of the multiverse drink, uh, to cast spells and conjure shields and weapons and to make the magic, uh? Uh, uh, uh. This is where we start seeing like all the light mandalas that they use their hands to form in the air and stuff. And he's like, okay, my hands can't even do that. How, how am I even going to do magic? And she's like, I don't know. How'd you learn how to do surgery? Yeah. You trained. Duh. Yeah. You study, you practice for a long time. That's just, that's how that is. And so he's like, oh, I know how to do that. He goes to the library where we meet my favorite. Thank God. Somebody I like. Oh my God. (laughs) He encounters, in my notes, it says an instantly likable uh, Asian man calls him Mr. Strange and Strange corrects him and tells him to call him Stephen. Up to this point, he's always corrected people and said, I'm doctor. It's doctor. I'm doctor. Doctor. Doctor Strange. Call me doctor. But now he's like, oh, it's just Stephen. Look, growth, I guess. I guess. I guess his manners are improving a little, but not a lot. Not sure why I said it like that. Yeah. That was like a like a tenacious D inward singing moment. <laughs> his, his manners are improving a little. Like <laughs> fuck you, where you, fuck you. Where you can where you can sing while breathing in and breathing out. Like I love it. I need to see that. I'm I'm listening to that album today. Because they're rocking you only half the time. Because <laughs> the rest of the time they're breathing in, but not anymore, baby. <laughs> I love Tenacious D. I love Tenacious D more than this movie, which is why. Oh, my God. Okay, bringing it back. That's tough. We meet Wong. And, of course, immediately Strange makes fun of his name. Yeah. Because that's what you do when you're meeting the only Asian person in your Nepalese temple. Uh, Make fun of his Asian name. Just Wong? Like Adele? Like, and this part goes on for too long. Yeah, Aristotle, Drake. Bono, Bono, Eminem. Eminem. Wong is not amused. And here's the thing. They are clearly using his interactions with Wong as a device to earn, to, to bring humor into the movie and sort of soften the edges on Strange so we can be like, oh, he's got a sense of humor. I like him now. That joke was funny. Stephen Strange is not the funny part of those interactions. No, Wong is. Wong's lack of reaction and totally not finding him amusing, that's what's funny. Exactly. So we're laughing at the protagonist not with him. And if you're laughing with the protagonist while he's making fun of this man's name to his face, you might be a douchebag. Yep. Saying. Makes him more, I don't know, unlikable, maybe. Even more. But I instantly like Wong. Wong's um, my favorite. He's just the fucking best. And it's because he lets, like, he, like this is the library. And yes, there's a whole section of, like, chained up books over there that are like, Crazy, powerful, full of not forbidden knowledge. No knowledge is forbidden, but forbidden rituals and techniques and stuff. Okay, cool. Those books are too advanced for you. And so Wong starts going around selecting like easier books yeah, for Strange to do. Um, and he, so Strange immediately goes to the super advanced book and he pulls down the book of Cagliostro. Oh. And I feel like this is where your fucking Eurocentric magic starts coming in. Shit's got names. It sounds like goddamn D&D in here now. Um, it's the uh, book of Cagliostro. So all of the relics and the books that get name check in this movie 
come from the comics at some point. Nice. There's some kind of storyline connected connective tissue to it. So that's that's where all the, all those references come from. I don't care enough about this movie to go one by one. And explain no, that's fine. I don't need the background really on the back end. Yeah, that's and that's I, and I know oh, good, and, good I, job. and listeners. I know y'all are going to show me comic book panels again and uh, uh, give me long explanations on different. Don't do things. that. Don't do that. He can't read that shit. I, I need to re- really reiterate. I don't care, and if I don't care, don't talk to me about it. Okay, I, honey, I, you you you're <laughs> on a, a Marvel MCU podcast. You need to care at least a little bit about the comic origins. What you don't care about is being sent comic panels that you've already stated due to your dyslexia you cannot read. Oh, 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 don't get me wrong. I love, like, for characters to care about, uh, inform me, educate me. I love that stuff. I don't care. When it comes to Doctor Strange, I don't care. That's... Thank you for thank you for making me clarify. I actually um, one reader actually sent me. I, I forgot to send it to you. There is this amazing, beautiful Black Panther panel. Um, mm. I don't know wh- where it's from, but it's like him standing tall. Um, but the way that it's situated, it's like he's looking up at his people, and his people are looking down on him. And it's like he's exulting and putting the whole uh, world on his shoulders and taking care of them. I just I fucking loved it. So I fucking love T'Challa. I love T'Challa. Anyway, no, no, Let's please. Let's go back to Black Panther. We don't need to talk about this movie. Anymore. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm here to revisit uh, Killmonger and um, yeah, his psycho yeah. self. Anyway, anyway. All right, all right, all right. Getting back into this. So um, I'm watching this because he's literally pulled down the super powerful book. He's found that there are pages ripped out. It's the book that Cassilius stole something from. And I'm mm. like, Wong's being really chill about Strange poking at books he's not supposed to poke at. That seems odd. But odd. Wong's, Wong's got a long con in this conversation. Because he's explaining that, yeah, those pages are missing because this Ella Cassilia stole that. And it's really bad that he did that. And uh, he stole it right before he strung up the former librarian and relieved him of his head. Huh. And there's a moment where Strange is like, so people have gotten killed for these books. And Wong comes over and says, I am now the guardian of these books. So if a volume from this collection should be stolen again, I'd know it. And you'd be dead before you ever left the compound. <laughs> and then he snaps the book out of his hand. <laughs> Thanks, Wong. And I love Wong. <laughs> I love and him so much. Strange tries to be like, make a joke or he's like, hey, are there any late fees I should know about? Like just maiming or something. Zero reaction. And he goes, oh, you know, people used to think that I was funny. Did that work for you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, people did think that because you see him do the calculation. Yeah, everybody who thought he was funny up to this point was his subordinate. Yeah. He was their boss. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you're an asshole. Because nobody likes you. Hey, can we talk about the character Wong real quick? Yes, let's talk about Wong. Wong. Let me do the actor real quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, me first. Fucking lucky. Me first. Go- no, I thought I thought we were talking about doing the actor. I was like, no, no, I'll, oh. I'll do it first. <laughs> uh, there's no reason we can't just like high five and tag team this actor. <laughs> boy, he can take it. Um, I'm so sorry, Benedict Wong. That was very disrespectful of us. Uh, yeah, so Wong is played by an actor by the name of Benedict Wong. Uh, he was born in England, son of immigrants from Hong Kong. He's done lots of TV. Most especially, he was in a series called Marco Polo, 100 Eyes, in which he played Kublai Khan. 
Ah. He's also in he's also in Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. He's the voice of the general. Yes, he is. I love it. Um he's been in a couple of movies. He was in Prometheus, which I hated, but I love him. Uh <laughs> Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass 2, uh The Martian in the live action version of Lady and the Tramp. He's the voice of the bulldog. He's also in Raya and the Last Dragon and now you can see him absolutely fucking everywhere as Wong, spoiler alert, he survives the movie. What? I love him. I love him so much. He is uh, we are in the Wong era. That's not the yes. fuck, fuck the multiverse era. We're in the fuck Wong your era. phases. Fuck any of that. This is the time of Wong. And look, those of you out there who consistently try and break my entire heart by telling me that Wong is the new Coulson and they're gonna fucking kill him to to motivate a hero. They're gonna fridge Wong to make something happen. You you stop. You think about what you just said. You stop that. No. Wong so, lives forever. I hate people. <laughs> amen. Amen to that. Uh, okay. Okay. So Wong first made his appearance in Strange Tales number 110, July 1963. He has been Doctor Strange's psychic. Now, the comic book character is, well, problematic. Let's just oh, say no. in the 1960s, we weren't that culturally sensitive. Look, in the 1960s, it was very popular for white male heroes to have adorable Asian sidekicks. Yep. It's not a good thing. So, Steph, yeah. uh, hmm. I'm doing research on Wong, and I find a line in the in the Wikipedia article I read about him. Okay. Okay. The character was portrayed by Clyde Kusatsu, Kusatsu in the 1978 television film Doctor Strange. And I asked right. myself, wait, there's a television film? Uh-huh. So I started reading oh, no. about the Doctor Strange 1978 made-for-TV movie made by CBS. Oh, God. Steph, I'm going to show it, send you an article. And everybody, I want you all to Google Doctor Strange 1978 when you get the chance so that you can see this glorious picture of the of the promo they used for the show. Steph, you can go yeah. ahead and uh, I'm looking, take a look at that right now. What the fuck? <laughs> what porno is this? <laughs> <laughs> Why is why has he got like Mr. T level necklaces on? Is that supposed to be the eye of Agamotto? Yeah. I don't, oh my god. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, no, this is porn. That's porn. That's porn. Uh, did, uh, is that supposed to be Morgan Le Fay? In that's the Morgan Le Fay. That she was oh. the main villain. So CBS. This is a hundred percent, a hundred percent Marvel porn right here. Uh, so this is the era when the Incredible Hulk, the series on TV, was right. doing very, very well. Amazing Spider-Man had a short series as well that actually did okay. And so CBS uh-huh. really, really wanted to have a Doctor Strange series for whatever reason. Uh, so this movie was basically a really long pilot episode that they decided to air because uh, CBS was in the middle of a panic. They were losing to the other two networks at the time very, very bad. And mm-hmm. uh, I believe it was NBC. I could be wrong about that. Um, was airing uh, a very popular miniseries called Roots. Yeah. Yeah. So they decided last minute we're going to air this pilot, Doctor Strange, to, as counter programming. The problem to is roots. Yep. To roots. Yep. Okay. So the problem is the uh, portrayal of Wong in this movie is extremely mm-hmm. fucking offensive. Yay! So there you go. Good times. Doctor Strange has a very problematic history, y'all. Like right? it's, it's, I. I have to be honest with y'all. I don't understand why he's so popular. I think it's because uh, because he's snarky and really powerful. And 
and that appeals to 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 people. People like like he's the Tony Stark of magic. Yeah, but Tony Stark is funny. Yeah, and he um, has his moments of humanity. That's like, oh, uh, I forgive you for creating weapons right. of mass destruction that murdered a lot of people. Like, at least with Tony, we know he is the way he is because he's got big old daddy issues. Oh my god! And yeah, we don't know why Strange is the way he is. Like, no. who hurt you? Like, why is Strange able to grab all these books that are in different languages he doesn't even know and is able to read them and n- n- not forget anything about him? We they- get a throwaway line from him uh, about how he's fluent in Google Translate. So still, we're not bothering to learn other languages. Right. And we don't know anything about the fact that he has a Dedic memory uh, until way later in the movie. Right. Yeah. So he's really just getting by on the power of being a big cishet white man. That's... That's his superpower right now. What if, call me crazy, we learned about the fact that he has a Dedic memory very early in the movie, but he's also right. neurodivergent. Maybe then, maybe, I'd like him more. Because then, yeah. you, then you'd be personally attacking me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we don't get... Any, we don't get a reason why he is the way he is. Therefore, we have no way to sort of rationalize it and expect that he'll improve. This just appears to be who he is. Like, this is just his bones is acting like this. Yeah. Fucking anyway. Um, let's do one more scene and then wrap it up for the day. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So real quick, uh, we cut to Caecilius, who is totally being set up to be our villain in this movie. So surely we will spend more time with him and we will learn more about him. Huh? Huh? That's what the scene is. It's going to show us like. Yeah. We're going to get a 10 minute, a 10 minute villain monologue with a cool custom theme song. And something and something. No, 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 no. we don't get that. No, no, we get a very brief scene. We see that he's got like a I mean, he's looking great because look, Mads Michelson. Oh, my God, man. Congratulations on your cheekbones, sir. My God. And look, this is the cheekbones movie. There's Mads Michelson's cheekbones. Yep. Benedict Cumberbatch has got glorious cheekbones. Oh, absolutely. You cut yourself trying to slap his face. And like when he's playing Stephen Strange, I would like to try. Um, <laughs> the Swinton, my, oh. glorious cheekbones. Like this is this is the cheekbones movie. Yeah, I agree. It's the cheekbones. And I think it's all balanced out by the, um, the magnificent... Uh, roundness of Wong's face. I love Wong so much. I just want to kiss his cheeks. (laughs) I feel feel a totally normal way about Wong and his face. I love him so much. Okay, getting back to Kaecilius. Even when he's being played by Mads Mikkelsen, I am not compelled by this villain. Um, But I do like the aesthetic that we get out of this scene, right? So he's got like a weird butterfly glyph on his forehead. He's got the pages that he ripped out of the the book of Cagliostro. And he starts drawing glyphs in the air, but it's not with gold light the way that the other sorcerers are doing. It's red. Which means it's evil. Because he's evil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all of his little acolytes are all chanting. It's not at all creepy. The pages are on the floor. They are summoning the power, as Cassilius explains, summoning the power to destroy the one who betrayed them. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, everybody's eyes get super smoky. Like, crazy smoky eye look, but like with some glowing like purple in there. And... Where do we sign up for Actually, this power uh, to destroy? I was trying to find a picture, but I don't have. I couldn't find any. Um, I have in my notes. Why are they stealing my eye makeup from from high school era? Is this <laughs> legit? Right. In, in my glam rock, like, my glam rock hot topic era. That was what yeah. I did. 
a hundred percent like if it was angled more up yeah a little more more of a cat eye shape instead of like this this sort of like I've been punched real hard in the face shape they got going on. It would absolutely be me in the depths of my goth era. Right, right. A hundred percent. Anyway, uh, their eyes get all smoky and glowy. And apparently that is this infusion of evil power to destroy somebody. We don't know who. Um, the floor goes all crazy, moving mandala stuff. And then we get that hungry ancient power lava lamp monster face. Yep. From Strange's power, uh, acid trip earlier. Yeah. Uh, and Cassilius does a bunch of MC Escher redecorating on this room. Ooh, it's a. He's so powerful, but he did that before. So why? Yeah. What, what? So, like, okay. It does. So, this scene does establish that re- the color red, when it comes to magic, uh, is right. pulling on dark powers. Yes. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. And it'll be a theme later. And I think it's also, uh, it also harkens to the red color of the reality stone yep. because they're using those dark powers to alter reality. Yep. Yep. Okay. Cool. I love it. Cool. Cool. Um, and then I think that's where we're going to call it for today. Yes. Um, <laughs> give us a week to, to simmer down. Cause look, everything after this is a lot of action sequences and, and learning about magic shit and stuff. So blah, we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll um, get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, y'all, I am very sorry. Well, I, I am sorry because I know I know there has to be people that listen to our show that love this movie there's and we're something shitting in the on MCU, it. Yeah, there's something in the MCU for everyone, so it stands to reason that there's going to be somebody who loves Doctor Strange and loves this. And again, yeah, I, I second that, Chris. We're sorry. Yeah, yeah. I we don't want to hurt your feelings. I I hope we could our rage entertained you somewhat. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I definitely want to encourage people to embrace what they love, regardless of like how other people feel. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Your mind should not change just because you listen to us shit on the thing for uh, two hours. I am not that important, and uh, my only aim is to entertain at this point. Uh, <laughs> right. But that's it. I mean, yeah, that. I'm so exhausted by Stephen Strange, you guys. Yeah, he's just such a <sighs> such a dick, and I got to root for him. I'm rooting for Wong. I'm Team Wong. I'm Team Wong, and I'm still Team yeah. Wong. I will be Team Wong forever at this point. Well, and we're uh, going to get into scenes later where people are kicking Strange's ass and I don't know who to root for. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, we will we will jump off that bridge when we get there. Um, Do we have anything else? I have one more thing, uh, I think, for today. Shoot. Two things. I have two things I missed. Um, One, the hospital where Dr. Dr. Strange, uh, Palmer and West were working. That is Metro General Hospital, which is the same hospital that Claire Temple works at in Daredevil. Oh, which is the same hospital that the night nurse works at. So there's that connection. I love that's that the whole thing. Um, also, the do you did you see the list of other actors who were up for the role of Stephen Strange? No. Okay, so check this shit out. Um, Colin Farrell. No. Jake Gyllenhaal. No. Now some of these guys ended up in the MCU in other ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Tom Hardy, Ethan Hawke. Also ended up in the MCU. Yeah, I, I, I'm not seeing it, but I'm so glad. You know, we'll talk about it in the future. I'm so glad Ethan Hawke got the role he got because that's mm-hmm. like one of my favorite fucking villains. Like, he's so oh, good. Girl, it keeps going. Uh, Oscar Isaac was considered for Stephen Strange. Really? Yeah. Uh, Jared fucking Leto. Mm-mm. Yeah. Hate him. Okay. Uh, casting directors, please stop using Jared Leto. He's a fucking prick. Yeah, he's yeah. a monster. Stop it. Stop it. Jesus. Uh, Ewan McGregor. 
Okay. I mean, I love I mean, him, but... Sure. Yeah. Keanu Reeves. Whoa. and my favorite wrap your mind around this one okay matthew mcconaughey (laughs) 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 i mean all right all right all right i think it would have been all right could could they have could they could they have stuck in a uh you know what the best thing about these books is that uh, <laughs> I keep getting older and they stay the same age. They stay the same age. The best, the best thing about being a Sorcerer Supreme Master of Time is <laughs> I keep getting older. Y'all stay the same age. Fucker. Anyway, that was a weak joke because I'm tired and I'm tired of Stephen Strange. I'm tired. So, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do we have anything else for today? No, I do not. All right, let's wrap this shit up then. I'm going to outro. You ready? Outro! All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening and putting up with this hot mess that we've been in here. I'm so sorry. Um, If you would like to uh, get in on some of that sweet, sweet ball shaving action we were talking about in the ad spot earlier, you can go to manscaped.com and use the code DIVAS at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. That's code D-I-V-A-S. If you would like to hang out with us in between episodes, you totally can. We are on all of the social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and TikTok as at Marvelous underscore Divas. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast via your favorite podcast platform of choice. Please leave us a review. Please tell your friends about us. And also, one last time, fuck Doctor Strange. Uh, we also have uh, a swag store, redbubble.com forward slash official divas. Uh, you can buy a, a t-shirts, koozies and such with our logos and funny shit that we say. Uh, we have a Patreon also, patreon.com forward slash divas podcast. For five mm-hmm. bucks a month, you can see uh, unedited video versions of our show with some <laughs> extra content at the beginning and end. I just told possibly the most embarrassing story of my life. It was a good one, y'all. <laughs> uh, 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 so y'all can watch that. It's very embarrassing. Uh, and then um, what else? Oh, yeah. YouTube. We have a YouTube channel under the Dark Side mm-hmm. Divas uh, brand. Search for Dark Side Divas. Subscribe. Steph and I are about to watch Unleashed Season 2. Where mm-hmm. it's a it's a live show. We're gonna have uh, you know people for the first episode ask us questions and, and we'll answer yeah. them. Uh, and great. then we're gonna uh, cover Marvel stuff. We're gonna cover Star uh, cover 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 Star Wars stuff as well. Uh, and mix and match, and we'll have guests from time to time as well. So definitely go check that out. That's it. Okay, that's it. Okay, hooray! Thank you guys. We love you. Bye. Bye. I have a bone to pick with the internet. Uh-oh. Have you noticed? You probably haven't because we don't move in the same TikTok circles. There's a tendency for people on the internet uh, to develop uh, condescending nicknames for each other, uh, just for random strangers. And uh, I don't know, maybe my my raised in the South uh, ear is just tuned to the passive-aggressive shade that's oh. in it. But um, 
things that you will never hear me say. Like if I'm if I'm being passive aggressively shady, I will just say bless your heart and you know that in Texan that means go fuck yourself. Right. Right? But things you'll never hear me say, I will never call you bestie. Like randos on the internet, not Chris, oh. I'll call you bestie sometimes, but I'll probably being bitchy when I say it. Um but I will never say, oh, bestie, person I've never met. I will call you bestie. I'm never going to say that. I will never call anybody girly pop. Girly pop? Girly pop is a thing that they're doing now. They're like, girly pop, no, let me show you. Like, no, that's not a thing I'm going to say. And look, to people who do say this, sure. Like, if that's, if that's how you're comfortable communicating, go for it. I hear it as bitchy. Okay. I, I hear it as bless your heart. It's the internet's version of bless your heart. Oh, bestie, bestie. No, let me tell you, you know, or, or girly pop. No, you bought this other thing instead of what you thought you bought. And just, I do, I, I think I'm hearing it wrong. I've okay. got to be hearing it wrong, right? I don't know. Cause I've, I, this is the first time I've heard that. So I don't have context for that. My typical resource for the modern slang the kids use are my nephews. So, <laughs> and I've never heard them say girl pop. They're, girly, girly pop, girly pop, girly but pop. they're all you know. Uh, three of them are not well in tune with people because they play video games online a lot, and one doesn't give a fuck. So <laughs> right there, you go. Anyway, I just want I just want to throw that out there. If if anybody out there, if I ever call you bestie or girly pop, I've been kidnapped and I'm trying to signal you. <laughs> Thanks, bestie. <laughs> mm-hmm. 